0: all right get ready y'all the sacred fire of liberty edition of the robert scott bell show is about to commence just to give you a heads up jonathan e Mort, of course joining us as always he's got some great great pieces in town hall including the discussion of uh, biden uh, not lacking the moral authority to define america interesting thing about morality uh, our founders knew that we couldn't rely on the morality of men so they restricted what government could do And yet we seem to have lost all those restrictions. We'll talk about bringing the constitution back today, as well as so many other things. Hour two, our good friend, my good friend, Jonathan Otto, Jono, I call him. uh, He's got another documentary series coming out on, yes, very controversial discussions about causation as it relates not only to COVID, but, you know, just general health issues, challenges we have. How does big pharma play its role in harming our health rather than helping it? Uh, Jonathan Otto joins us in hour two. We got a question of the day related to cardiac events. Atrial fibrillation. So uh, if you've got a question about that, we'll answer it a little bit later. Uh, but for now, get ready. I do a drum roll, but I, I I can't see. This is my drum roll. It's not good enough for Jonathan Nemoid. We got the Sacred Fire of Liberty kicking into gear just right about now. Tell everybody the Robert Scott Bell Show is on. Here we go. the robert scott, the bell, robert show. scott bell show all right as we begin the sacred fire of liberty edition of the robert scott bell show we acknowledge of course all those years ago the colonies decided to go king george thanks but no thanks and we set our course differently from england and yet today i want to acknowledge the the sorrow that maybe many of our yeah, probably many of our english uh uh, British listeners and viewers are uh, going through today. We just learned before we went to air, 96 years old, uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away. Longest reigning British monarch, dead at 96. Obviously, we charted a different course in America, but for the most part, we had pretty good relations since a few warring <laughs> aspects of the, uh, the, the war for independence and beyond that. But for the most part, you know, great affection between the countries and the people. I have family in England and, uh, you know, we're on UK Health Radio as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, our condolences uh, for the family, of the Queen and uh, the people of England who are about to set up. Uh, uh, it's going to be weird to say, is it going to be a king of England? Uh, let me ask Jonathan Ebert. Now, we don't have kings and queens. We're not supposed to. We have our own problems. We have an oligarchy that serves almost like king, queen and emperor. Yeah, so we're we not doing awesome ourselves. He, but
1: we have the president who wants to be an absolute monarch, but isn't uh, is acting like one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, Queen Elizabeth is a remarkable human being and um she i think she was 25 when she became queen so she served from 25 to 96 as queen of england um and so was the foremost representative of the state uh to the world on behalf of the uh uh, great britain Mm -hmm. so I, i think um uh we, you know, when when anyone dies, of course, we feel sorrow for the next of kin. And um, in this case, a whole nation is suffering from their loss uh, of their queen. And that's an important oh, thing. And, and
0: our, in our lifetime here in America, of course, we've we always had the Queen Elizabeth that we knew interacting. As far as the monarchy, we've heard about princes and princesses and great, things like that. You know?
1: You know Ronald Reagan really liked the Queen uh, and um, and Margaret Thatcher. Of course, they were best friends together. But the Queen actually um, uh, supposedly leaned on Ronald Reagan every now and again to uh, intercede with Margaret Thatcher to help uh, strengthen the relationship between the Queen and the Prime Minister.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they were both very strong-willed um, individuals, and from now you know time and again they would uh, have little points of disagreement. And interestingly enough, they entrusted Ronald Reagan, who they had both admired greatly, mm. um, to help, to help, uh, with that relationship, at least to the extent that the queen did. And Reagan always thought highly of queen Elizabeth. Um, what a brave person. I mean, she helped that country. She served as the face of Britain to the world through world war II and, uh, it, it, she's remarkable. I mean, look at all the prime ministers that have had her as the queen, um, all the way back uh, to the time when she was 25 years old, 19. I mm-hmm. Can't remember what the date was exactly, but yeah, that's uh, you know we're talking about decades. She's the only figure in England that has unified the country through multiple prime ministers and changes in in uh, in, in party leadership. So
0: it's it's a big deal. I know, you know, we have the majority of our audience here in the United States. We do have a lot of listeners in, in Great Britain and the United Kingdom, and we appreciate that. And uh, I think that their expanse in terms of the Commonwealth, you talk about the Commonwealth that still exists. I don't know how it, it interacts officially. Even Canada acknowledges the Queen of England, you know, and has in other countries across the 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 former British Empire. Right. And and uh, it's quite, quite the history.
1: I believe Prince Charles now becomes the reigning monarch um, in England. He's the next in line, I believe, and so he becomes the king.
0: So we're going uh, to have re- to refer to King Charles, is that right? Yeah. King Charles III, I think, is what uh, Super Don is telling me. King Charles III, that's interesting. Can you call yeah, him? Unless,
1: unless they choose Super Don. Um, yeah, I was
0: thinking Super Don, our, our reigning expert in the monarchy in England. He was yeah. the one that told me it would be King Charles III. Super Don, is that how did you find that out so quickly?
3: I got a news alert saying that that's that was uh, what was going to happen okay so. all
0: right so not king super dawn
3: no not from king super by the way i yeah. just i i found what i was looking for what was it this was the voicemail that queen elizabeth left for you uh several years ago when, when i was visiting, visiting england? england and yeah she was very upset with you because uh, she did not know that you had entered uh, England, <laughs> and and had I, caught wind of the fact that you uh, had no idea who the Dave Clark Five were. Oh, I remember and she that. Was yeah, very upset with you because that's a national treasure. I, I was hanging of, out with uh,
0: Robert Verkirk. You know our friend uh, oh, David Verkirk at that event that's that right. they were hosting.
3: Verkirk is a great one. He's that's amazing.
0: Right. And so yeah. there was a voicemail from Queen Elizabeth.
3: From queen elizabeth i'm not going to play her. maybe i'll do it like in bonus time or something but, okay uh, anyway that's from years ago it was a a funny bit that we put together i've forgotten uh, all about
0: all right well like I said for our friends in england i, I just want to acknowledge the loss there and uh yes. you know our, our hearts go out to you if those of you who are affected in in that way uh jonathan we've got again, our own problems here in the united states of america and one of those things is is a, a president called biden And you have a latest article in uh, town hall biden lacks the moral authority to define america and and it brought to light when i was pre-rolling our show today and i was thinking you know what our founders didn't expect men to be of always of high moral authority much less have great morality so they said you know what we can do is restrict the evil that they would do in government by restricting what government is allowed to do that is binding them down with a change of the constitution And now we got Biden, who clearly has no moral authority, agreed, doing things that the founders said you're not supposed to let the government do. So we got a two pronged problem here.
1: Yeah, um, it's very presumptuous for Joe Biden to stand in front of Independence Hall and give a speech in which he characterizes half of the electorate as enemies of the state, Uh, all of the um, MAGA Republicans he's He's characterized as enemies of the state. And he's likewise presumed to give defin- definition to the soul of America. They build the White House, build his speech as a definition of the soul of America. And that's so outrageous from somebody who is very clearly in violation of the Foreign Emoluments Clause that has been engaged in a decade's worth of. Influence peddling with his son profiting to the tune of millions from enemies of the United States, based on uh, opportunities for those agents of those enemies to uh, meet with the vice president and explain their desires and what they wanted him to do. He's financed part of his mortgage in Delaware out of those receipts that he had he received through his son' uh, son's accounts. He had his son on Air Force Two and flew him to Russia and to China and to uh, benefit from those relationships, uh, all based on influence peddling, based on access to Biden as vice president. So this man is a corrupt figure. He's probably the most corrupt president in American history. And he sold out the United States for his own personal financial benefit. How dare he presume to define the soul of America, to explain to hardworking, honest American citizens who pay their taxes and who have put up with him ever since he was very young and was elected to the Senate uh, and have taken uh, an enormous amount of, of uh, flack from this president since the day he went into office. I mean, this is the same man who has condemned Republicans throughout his presidency. He called himself a unifier. He was elected by people who largely thought he would be a moderate, who would work to unify the parties, and instead he's a far-left socialist uh, in in his actual day-to-day functioning. He's a puppet of the far-left of his party, which controls the party. So...
0: Well, and there's nothing pro-American oh, right. about the far left at this point. They've completely no. adopted a socialist communist agenda, and they're wanting to destroy what is left of America so that it falls under the authoritarian dictatorship of a global government. Notice, notice what he's done. I mean, this is this is deceitful from the get-go. The building
1: he's standing in front of housed the founding fathers and Uh, resulted in the issuance of the Declaration of Independence, which is based on Lockean principles of individual liberty and limited government. And um, here he is, the antithesis of that, an advocate of unlimited government, a person who forced people to be masked, forced children to be masked, who forced uh, uh, a large part of the population to be vaccinated, uh, who has taken away liberty and wants to completely destroy the um, capitalist system by uh, eliminating its backbone, the fossil fuel industry, within 10 years. I mean, this person is an enemy of the United mm-hmm. States. Open borders, allowing the ruination that's happening as a result of that. Uh,
0: the by the way, Jonathan, government. the imagery, the red, blood red imagery behind him, uh, I mean, it was just I I don't know how to describe it it's other than it was
1: it's that cover right there. Right. Why did I choose the same color scheme for my book on authoritarians? He's yeah. sending a signal.
0: That's it. That's sending it. A
1: signal to his base uh, by the colors that are. used. Yeah, we have a flip
0: about people that have different opinions. In fact, we're going to denigrate them and dehumanize them and make them into somehow domestic terrorists, which we'll get into because there's another statement from. Uh, biden and other uh, democrats that are aligned with that uh, uh viewpoint uh, but look at that you know uh, that very special place declaration of independence written signed into being ratified etc nothing about that document preceded a form of government that can be called democracy
1: right and that's all he talked about he didn't talk about saving the republic it's a real affront i mean you can see the founding fathers rolling over in their graves but here, here's here's the uh Here's the real troublesome aspect of this, Robert. For those of us who have been studying the administrative state, interacting with it for decades, when you have a president of the United States, remember now, he is the chief in charge of the administrative state. He is it. He is the one who, in the end, it's his choice or judgment, which dramatically affects the way in which all the political appointees in the agencies operate. Now, he has spent... Two years staffing the leadership of every agency and much of the staff underneath with far leftists. And I'm not talking about people who are, uh, you know, blue dog Democrats. I'm talking about socialists. I mean, people who don't believe that, that we should have a free market in the United States, who want the government to own everything, who really, many of them are out overt Marxists. All right. If you're the president of the United States and you send the message that he sent when he spoke in front of Independence Hall and you vi- make a villain out of half of the electorate and you make it apparent that you think that those who voted against you who are MAGA Republicans are enemies of democracy, are enemies of the state, in other words, mm-hmm. you do that, you incentivize those political appointees to use the administrative state to go after those enemies. And that means those 87, IRS agents that are coming uh, and all of the agencies, enforcement divisions and investigatory divisions are under now pressure from that political leadership that okay. wants to show Biden that they are following through with his directive. Mm-hmm. They will start whacking away at Republicans and Repo- and businesses and they will have more zeal in doing it. Not only that, he set up a controversy for the midterms. And what is he doing? The other message that's being conveyed there is to BLM, to Antifa, to people who want to commit crime. The message is that the Democrat leadership, which didn't take action against you for the crimes you committed in the summer of 2020, all across the United States, the looting, the arson, the robbery, the message is... I am not going to do anything if you act yeah. against Republicans and make an election of Republicans difficult. There's already underway uh, uh, planning by this administration to influence how local elections are conducted. We already saw legislation in which they were going to unconstitutionally federalize all mm. elections in the United States. Wow, These are bad mm. plans. And so I'm worried, very worried, that if we don't, if Republican governors don't, if, if Republican city mayors don't uh, take action right now to prepare for, for interference with the elections, both in the mail-in schemes that they have and in in-person voting, that we're going to see disruptions because of the potential for Republicans to take it, out.
0: This, yeah, this is what I was concerned about. Have been since the so-called election of uh, of Biden, uh, the corruption of the electorate to the point where you now believe and perceive that there isn't a real vote count, an actual vote count that your vote doesn't count. In fact, and and you know, there's been a lot of controversy about uh, vilifying, villainizing anybody who says, "Hey, there are problems." with the 2020 election, which there clearly were that's indisputable. Now, whether they rise to the, uh, level of the wrong president is in there, as some would argue, regardless, they say that merely asking about the controversies, the problems of those is, is tantamount to being a threat to democracy once again. And yet those same people brought up their same concerns in well, different people. Now, 2016, the Democrats were crying, you know, what over. The election sure. of Donald Trump, saying, "Oh, this is not a legitimate, fair election." Well, on
1: and on. Yourself, right? She was just yeah. embarrassed by Peter Ducey the other day, based mm-hmm. on her own uh, uh, social media, mm-hmm. in which she had uh, claimed that the 2016 election was stolen.
0: Yeah, but now to say that they were okay saying it. Now, if you say it, because you're on the other side. Now, look at this next article: Senate Democrats. We're talking at the Senate level are backing Biden's portrayal of what they call MAGA Republicans as threats to democracy. Now, for me, I don't think they're qualified to be in the Senate simply because they think we're a democracy or that people who want to vote differently than you are a threat to what you perceive as democracy, even if we're not supposed to be a democracy. I just like it's embarrassing to me the level of morons that are elected at the at the highest levels. And it's a reflection. They're
1: weaponizing weaponizing the government. The problem with all of this is that they're sending signals in what they say. They fully understand that Mm. the bureaucracy that they're behind any movement to go against these "quote unquote" enemies of the state that that are merely opposition political figures. So they're going after people who oppose them, and this is what uh, Marxists have done historically. You, you create a, 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 an otherling that is a group of people who are deemed to be so reprehensible based on your, uh, definition that they can be condemned. In fact, they can have their rights taken away. In fact, they could even be killed and there would be no consequence, uh, for that. And we're seeing the, a, 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 really a a thought out Marxist process of disarming police selectively so that if a person who is considered quote unquote underprivileged uh, has committed a murder, they walk in one door and they go out the other. But if a person who is not in that category commits a murder, they're treated in the old fashioned way and they're prosecuted. And there is no police uh, force used against rioting and You know, you have Chicago where the mayor has effectively so hamstrung the police and has so encumbered law enforcement that uh, you have murders at a rate that's unprecedented happening every week. Uh, And likewise, in virtually every city in New York, for example, crime is, is rampant. And this is not unintentional. People think, oh, you know, it was an experiment to try to defund the police and cut down their numbers and uh, eliminate bail and do these sorts of things. No, no, no. This was an intentional movement to create a revolution, to deny uh, the citizenry that owns property protection, to render them a second or third class citizen, to make you a pariah if you've been successful in the marketplace, to use the power of government to either redistribute your wealth or uh, punish you through prosecution or through allowing crime to happen. So at the same time, Biden is sending this signal that there are new enemies of the state Mm -hmm. that his administration should go after, he's also sending knowingly a signal to the states where he's taken no position on law enforcement, no insistence on the rule of law and law and order, Mm -hmm. and yet he's he's vilified these people, uh, Republicans, and he's inviting by his absence of re- requiring that people follow the rule of law, uh, inviting them to go after them. So
0: Jonathan this
1: is, this is an invitation to, to further destruction.
0: I don't know if we have any Democrats in the audience or those that lean there or have been that uh, I would just ask and appeal to them, uh, and their sense of, uh, whatever sense of, 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 Gosh, man, the decorum is not even the right word here. It's just something that if you realize what Biden and the Democrats are doing, it's so short-sighted and it will only lead to destruction and violence. And if that's what you want, uh, okay. But if you want to think clearly about this, there's nothing good that's going to happen for the Democratic Party in regards to this this methodology of trying to gain votes or destroy the so-called opposition. You know, whether you believe the Republicans are true opposition. I think, you know, Republicans are not in lockstep on anything any more than the the Democrats are. There are certain things that they share principles on more than in other groups, but by and large, a lot of different beliefs in both parties. The question is, are the Democrats that have some semblance of sense in them left calling out the Biden administration going, this is, this is a recipe for destruction. This is not something that's going to win us votes. And even if it does, uh, it's not going to salvage what you think is, is good about America. If you even care about America anymore.
1: It's a very good point, Robert. I mean, here's this is an unusual period. Remember, it wasn't too long ago when uh, Democrats themselves would call out other Democrats who committed law violations, members of Congress who violated the ethics rules or violated mm-hmm. the law. Even if they were of their own party, they would condemn the actions. Uh, certainly, if someone were like Eric Swalwell, cavorting with an enemy of the United States, a Chinese spy, they would rapidly remove them from the Intelligence Committee. They would probably have kicked them out of Congress, if not completely uh, been uh, ostracized from any role to play whatsoever Mm -hmm. in Congress. And yet, we live in an age now where you can have anti-Semitic statements made by Far-left Democrats, and those statements are protected by the Speaker of the House, and are the person is is said to may have made a statement that I don't disagree with, but nonetheless, they're they're not subjected to any sanction, even though they've overtly uh, advocated something that may be against the uh, foreign policy of the United States, but certainly is a dis- act of discrimination against a, a specific uh, religious group um, and ethnicity but you also have instances where there are overt crimes or where there are high, high probability of crimes. Like for example, Joe Biden, where is the independent prosecutor in Eric Swalwell's case? Why didn't Nancy Pelosi remove him from the intelligence committee? Why is he still given full power? Why was he allowed to sit on the, uh, uh, committees of Congress during the entire time? Um, and, and yet, There's no move whatsoever. In fact, there's no FBI investigation that results in any charges. There's no FBI investigation that results in charges against Hunter Biden. There's no independent prosecutor against Joe Biden. It is a one-sided legal environment. Look at the DOJ going after parents for protesting at school board meetings. Uh, Outrageous abuse of power on his part. Any, Any issue related to that? Did he have to undergo any kind of investigation? Has he been called before committees of Congress where he has to uh, explain his actions and then be subject to investigation by the FBI itself? I mean, this is not a situation where the rule of law is applied with equal justice, and that's very, very dangerous. That means that we have political justice, quote-unquote, where we have a one-sided system that goes against those who are your political opponents, and that's a third world uh, yeah. dictatorship. That's and we I, can't allow that to happen. That's why when you're on your point about mm-hmm. anyone who's a Democrat, yeah. anyone who's a Democrat with a conscience, who believes in the rule of law, who believes in equal justice under law, who mm-hmm. does not believe in discrimination, who believes that people need to be given uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt—that is to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, will find this president and this administration and this Justice Department and this FBI to be unacceptable. And only if you, this is the other thing, Mm -hmm. only if you condone those actions, remember this, only if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a good person, even though I accept that Joe Biden is engaged in influence peddling, even though I accept that the attorney general turned himself against parents simply because they exercise their free speech rights. Even though there is a president who's allowing people to come across this border with such dereliction of duty, not only in violation of the immigration laws, but he's also causing many of them to die. He's inviting them in. We had that whole truckload of of. Immigrants who died from, from heat exhaustion uh, it, it, by being smuggled across the border. We have all the fentanyl deaths in this country. We have those people who just the other day, I think some 13 people drowned in their attempt to come across this the Rio Grande. Yeah. I mean, these are things that all should be placed directly at the foot of mm-hmm. Joe Biden because he's doing nothing mm-hmm. to either protect the United States or even safeguard the people who are coming into the United States. And he has an open door policy that's allowing in terrorists. That's allowing in drug traffickers, allowing in sex traffickers, allowing gun smugglers, allowing MS 13
0: and 18. This used to be something that both Democrats and Republicans would go, well, no, that's where we draw the line. All right. We might disagree on a lot of things Th- on that. And, you know, this is where, you know, I will say from a party politic perspective, I don't like the Hegelian dialectic as it plays out efficiently through the two-party system primarily. And Republicans have fallen down below where they should be in regards to things that are unconstitutional. But when their side is in, it's okay because we get to use it for that purpose. Neglecting in in their own integrity or intelligence to realize that they're not always going to be in power. And when the Democrats take over, they're going to go, well, they did it. Now we're in power. We're going to do it. It's like, Dems, do you not see how this is a disaster for, you know, again, freedom of thought, freedom of conscience? I mean, we aren't all supposed to be monolithic in our views, our beliefs, although at some level, we'd like to think we come together on a fundamental principle of freedom, right? That we have the freedom of conscience, the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech. Yet we're seeing now primarily, again, the one party uh, dominance of what? enthusiastic support of censorship, which should say to any Democrat to say, you know what? <sighs> you may not like Republicans for whatever reason, but dude, you cannot look at the Democrat party and say, that's the Democrats that you thought you were a part of when it's engaged in actively cheerleading and supporting censorship for what is now called misinformation. When a different administration is in through precedent says, Oh, well now what you Dems were saying was in, that's information. Now what you're saying is misinformation. You know, how do they not see this?
1: I don't know, Robert. I don't know how they don't see this. I don't know how they don't see adding to the national expenditure of $5 trillion a year, an additional 5 or $6 trillion. In other words, in new spending, 5 or $6 trillion, we have the largest infusion of federal dollars into the marketplace in the shortest period of time in American history. We have a 30 Two trillion dollar national debt. We have money pouring into the marketplace from the federal government at an astonishing, alarming rate. We have inflation that is taking off and it is crushing the poor in this country. It is tearing down the middle class in this country. Everybody in the middle class, everybody who is poor in this country has experienced a huge reduction in the spending power they have. And that is going to get worse. It is going to get much worse. In the winter, we're going to see people who cannot afford to heat their houses and their apartments. They're going to have their utilities cut off. We're going to see people who are going to suffer because they cannot pay for both drugs that they take and uh, their food. We're going to see people who can't afford to drive their cars to work because they cannot get enough money to pay for food and gas. This is what we're looking at. And this is something you would think if you had somebody in the White House who had a semblance of respect for Americans who would be alarmed by this and would be taking serious steps Mm -hmm. to open up the spigots, allow oil and gas domestic production, so that you could lower gas prices and who would cut off this massive federal spending spree to feed the far left base and to to create a socialist America, would realize, okay, I'm at least, at least would realize I'm going too fast. I'm doing too much. I'm causing too much pain. I'm ruining too many small businesses. I'm costing people too much money. Mm and. And yet you have a person who's so dedicated to that far left agenda is such a radical ideologue in Joe Biden. People don't realize this. That's who he really is. He is pushing this to the hilt. And right. that's why you have to attack a half of the electorate. You have to villainize them. If you're going to keep power, you have to seize power. When you're hurting people, they want you out of there. And if you're going to override them, you have to use the power of the state to do it. And you have to elevate yourself to a dictator status. And Joe Biden is on that track. And we better wake up to this. Yeah, whoever
0: to- is supporting them is supporting the, the demise at this point of what's left of a constitutional Republican form of government that is isn't even acknowledged, often not by Republicans themselves. And what we're seeing also is you mentioned the economics of this, the Keynesianism on steroids. And once again, I have to be, you know, self-effacing about the entire body politic. The embracing of Federal Reserve-type policies of printing us into oblivion never was a good idea, but taking it to the extent and extreme that Biden is now doing, it is accelerating the destruction of what is left of, you know, so-called the independence of America, becoming fully dependent on what? I mean, where do you go when you, uh, are we going to Russia? Are we going to China to prop us up? You know, with the destruction of the dollar, where do you go? What do you think is going to happen next? And so I'm asking Republicans as well to do much better than they have been doing. In fact, they have like maybe toe tapped Keynesianism occasionally on the brakes, but not really called it out other than like the Ron Paul wing of the Republican Party. Who's there anymore? I don't know. We need more of that to call into, you know, question the entire concept of printing our way out of inflation for instance that's the you know inflation higher prices is the symptom of printing more money and it, it's just it's so backwards and if we understood that we could start getting our economic houses in order in the meantime the people have better start growing their own food and and it not just being the only one in the neighborhood doing it because if you suddenly are finding that the trucks aren't rolling in because democrat policies wiping out oil the trucks don't run on electrical uh, power, they're not electric. And even if you want to electrify it, look at California; they can't. They they say don't don't charge your cars. Or the grid's gonna fail, and they think by twenty thirty five they'll have enough grid to do that. With what? Again, it's 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 absolutely suicidal what's happening here, Jonathan. I, I I like to be find the bright side, the humorous side as we do in life because we're we're happy people ultimately. But looking at the country right now, going. Dude, we've got to do something faster than ever before. And it's not um, declaring an emergency and suspending the Constitution. It's recognizing the artificial emergency that has been uh, brought about by profligate spending without limitation and the abandonment of the Constitution and the limitations it puts on not only the government, but the people in government.
1: Yes, and. We have to, as never before, rely upon, in, in the modern era, rely upon the states to protect the rights of the citizens. Governors in states like in Florida and Texas are notable for their actions and in North Dakota, I mean, South Dakota uh, are notable uh, for their actions in defense of individual rights against federal actions. That's going to have to become more pronounced. There are going to have to be a lot more initiatives. There are gonna have to be efforts to protect the integrity of the elections coming up in the midterms by the governors, by the uh, governors authorizing state police to protect the polling places when there is in-person polling and to supervise and oversee the integrity of the elections in uh, the counting and processing of ballots to the extent that it can be done we need to eliminate mail-in ballots because of the inherent risk of fraud. We've seen enough of it. I don't care whether, you know, this is a future prediction, but, and and some will say, well, you know, you're wasting resources and you're going to intimidate people. No, the focus should be on protecting the integrity of the vote, ensuring that illegal aliens do not vote, uh, ensuring that People have IDs to prove How about, their. Yeah.
0: How about no dead people voting? That would be good. And bring that, that
1: idea right. back. Uh, yeah. The, the and then look
0: world. at also ranked choice voting. You saw what happened in Alaska? Yeah. Ranked choice true. voting is a disaster. Even for people, yeah. you want democracy? Oh, no, no, we don't want really, we want to manipulate democracy. So our candidate always wins and the other side can't ever win. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 Uh, really disgusting to see what was the bedrock protection people could take for granted by and large has always been fraud, but it would be the exception. And, And there would be efforts to prosecute those who engage in specific acts of fraud. But to see the outright effort on the part of the Democrat Party, Nancy Pelosi in particular, to federalize what the Constitution provides for local elections, to have mass mail-in ballots like are done in California, be nationwide even though it's rife with fraud in California with ballot harvesting activity there and to have that happen nationwide and to so lust for power that you're willing to take away the effective right of each person to vote who is entitled to vote mm-hmm. and prevent those who are not entitled to vote from voting. The whole movement of this party has been crass has been built upon literally the loss of human life and liberty and property when you condone as this congress has done with democrat leadership the utter inaction on the border and total support for biden's opening of that border without regard to who comes through that is just so insane and yet uh, it means mm-hmm. that this president and his administration and the leadership of Congress do not respect you, do not respect your rights, do not think that your right to property, your right to life should be protected to, if it means disallowing an MS-13 or 18th Street gang member the right to cross this border and enter this country, which is no right at all, and to allow fentanyl, massive quantities, no efforts to interdict it, no attacks on the sources of it, no attacks on processing in Mexico and elsewhere, none, not even through treaty negotiations with Mexico about it, no treaties, no negotiations for border protection whatsoever. Here they talk about and spend Tens of billions of dollars on trying to protect Ukraine's border, but they spend not a cent to protect our own border. This It's totally ridiculous. It's insane. You would never think that any party in the United States would sacrifice the nation. But that is what the Democrat Party has done.
0: that's where we are. I don't think we're exaggerating. I, I think it's a bummer that we have to even talk about this as directly as we do, but it means that we've lost our way. And you know, this this book, if you haven't picked it up, The Authoritarians by Jonathan Emord uh, predicts what's happened and happening and what will happen if we don't come back to our senses. And this is a long train of usurpations and abuses in the progressive era, going back to the 19th century that led us here. And we must Learn from the history that has been either erased or rewritten so that we are manipulated by emotion, by rank emotion and anger and fear and hatred divisive. This is all Hegel. This is the Hegelian dialectic being played on us. And folks, whether you consider yourself Democrat, Republican, libertarian or or not affiliated, we've got a lot more in common as Americans than we have the things that divide us. We don't have to be monolithic in our views on everything. That's never been even the intent of our founders in establishing a nation rooted in freedom. But what's happening now is the vilification of half of or more of the electorate simply because the the current power holders don't want to lose power. They realize they're not in favor and they're doing things that are causing even their own supporters to look at them and say, we don't like that. We can't afford to you know, fill in the blank. Yet at the same time, that's part of the agenda of a globalist, socialist, You know, even communistic agenda is to impoverish the people to where they feel like they're victims and they cannot succeed. They cannot pull themselves up by their own bootstraps or help others to do the same. Therefore, they only look to a government, a centralized bureaucracy, a dictator to save them, which indeed is the opposite, to enslave them. And many young people are believing socialism is a good thing today because they haven't been taught the real history and because they now believe that they are permanently victims and it's, and and of course those that are victimizing them are telling them it's MAGA Republicans, for instance, and then they fall for it. And then they say, yeah, it's perfectly right to vilify those people. They shouldn't have a right to vote or do anything. You see how this has played out. Uh, so, uh, as we you know move forward here, Jonathan, I try to fi- figure out some things that we can do to lighten the mood. I, I will say, uh, I just, you didn't know this. I took the kids to see a concert uh, two nights ago. And I don't know if you remember the band, Kansas, remember Kansas, right? Carry on wayward son, don't go dust in the wind, all that. Now I just love them. My, my kids are exposed to great rock music from the seventies and eighties. So they know all of those tunes. So they were just loving it. It was such a great time. And yet when I got back, I said this to the next day, I went to my gym, the nine round place, and there are a lot of young millennials younger than me and you. Uh, but adults that come there and work out, a lot of them are moms and stuff getting away. The kids are in school now they're working out. And so I told them, Hey, I went to go see Kansas with my kids the other night. It was awesome. And they're like, did you have a nice trip? No, no, there's something wrong. And And I'm saying, and I can't be mad at them, but I'm a little bit perturbed by the parents that didn't expose their kids to the great, you know good rock stuff that we we grew up with that is just timeless in terms of music musicality and musicianship and uh just we're dealing with we're talking in the political realm but also certain other realms where parents need to get more engaged i'm just saying it as a parent to to stake engage with these kids as they become adults or will we lose them and we've lost many to the idea that socialism is a, is a higher ideal than capitalism or what I call free markets because capitalism has been corrupted so much that even the word I'm, even though I know the definition of it, people don't hear it right. You know, talking about freedom, freedom, freedom is the answer to all the problems that ail us, not tyranny, not communism, not isms, not socialism, not collectivism, because our greatness is in the recognition that each individual is a divine spark of God that has rights endowed by a creator. And that creator is not government, but young people, many of them have been hoodwinked, deep duped into believing that the government granted them rights that are merely privileges that can be revoked upon bad behavior. What is that bad behavior? Oh, you're a MAGA Republican. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you have a belief that, oh, on and on it goes. And it's, again, all rooted in collectivism and privileges wrongly perceived as rights. So these are the things that, you know, I try to do each and every day we're on the air based on health freedom, I think that health freedom would bring us together, but more than that, even the political realities of a of a country, a nation that doesn't understand the foundation and has been deceived by what, 16, 19 projects telling them, oh, it's all about slavery and nothing else. It's like so far from any real truth. And, and then we are seeing the result of disengaging from our history and allowing others to rewrite it. And so this is not an accident, Jonathan, you know that this is not an accident. This is why doing what we do, doing what you do, your book I and mean, your books are so important to people. Read, <laughs> folks, read, share what you learn. And we can turn this thing around before it's too late, if it's not too late already. And I don't have a definitive crystal ball, but we're not giving up. We're here. We're not giving up.
1: Yeah. And uh, people need to understand they probably do. But if they don't, then they should certainly listen to this. Mm hmm. If you depend on the public schools to teach your children about America you are consigning them to hate America and to regard socialism as the answer
0: yeah
1: you're building you're building revolutionaries by ignoring their history tell them the American story tell them American history tell them about our founding principles tell them early in their lives about our founding principles what you know yeah. One of the things that impressed me as a kid, when I was four years old at at uh, um, Alkenbury Royal Air Force Base, w- which was run by the United States Air Force in the 1960s, I will never forget uh, my father early in the morning going to the flight line, watching those American airmen get in those phantom jets and those jets take off the tarmac and fly to the Soviet border in the V formation in order to photograph the MiG uh, jets of the Russians and uh, dogfight with them. On the brink of Cold War, facing any minute the prospect of an outright war of annihilation between two countries, recognizing that freedom was on the line Mm -hmm. and to see my father willing to die for his country and to know that that may happen at any minute and to understand that these brave airmen mm-hmm. would sacrifice their lives in order to ensure that we would win any conflict, in order to preserve liberty, to ensure our way of life, when the stark contrast with that was the slavery of communism. These types of things, these lessons learned when you are tiny. I was four years old watching early in the morning as those afterburners lit up the sky in England going to Russia uh, to the, to refuel in France and then on to the Soviet border. Watching that and then watching them fly back in. My father would let me go in and I would watch them come back in late in the afternoon. They would all come in. Th- these, are, these are things that tell you what liberty is about, to tell you that if you don't fight for it, if you don't stand up for it, it's gone. And that's the lesson that kids don't have. If they served in the military, they might. If they were intellectuals, they might have picked it up. Uh, If they're uh, inquisitive enough to reach past their teachers and into those great works that underlie the founding principles of this country, the two treatises on government by Locke, works by Puffendorf and by Bastiat and by all of the great intellectuals Mattel yeah Yeah. if they if they have done that but so few will and yet this emotional stirring that comes you never value your freedom more than when it's taken from you
0: and and that may be why this is happening Jonathan because we've we've fallen asleep on Liberty and we were warned by our founders and it's meant as much like I say, as a homeopath, people come to me after they've been to every doctor and they haven't been helped and they say, well, what do I do? I say, it's not a drug deficiency. I promise you that. Let's look at that history. Let's look at what you didn't know. And you did in error in arrogance or in ignorance. And let's correct it there from the source, as opposed to masking symptoms or trying to poison you back to health. The idea that we could become communists is like poisoning, you know, uh, you know, freedom and saying, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get more freedom if we can throw more poison on it. And I j- just wanted to show you this picture because I want uh, to lighten up the mood a little bit. The, the joy I had uh, going out with the kids to this concert and how lit up they were being in America, enjoying a concert. And we're out there in, in an outdoor amphitheater having a great time. Everybody's enjoying one another's company. And and I'll tell you what, where we are, everybody's pretty heavily armed and there was no violence at all. It was just a joyous occasion to, to celebrate our freedoms, you know, to even to just enjoy a concert of music uh, from some old guys. Yeah, they're old. They've been around since 1972, but my kids enjoyed it. We had a great time there. And then on uh, Labor Day, we, uh, we went out shooting with my son and a couple of friends that are not in, from America, but do appreciate. One's from New Zealand, Australia, one's from Russia, in fact. And uh, we're here appreciating the freedoms that we still have in America. Granted that they're, you know, hanging by a thread right now but talking about the second amendment issues that we've talked about. Remember the second amendment was not given to us by government. The right to keep and bear arms is not a gift from government. It's an obligation and a duty, I believe from our creator, from God to defend life. And uh, as I was firing these weapons, not at anyone to harm anybody, but I was describing at one point that this is designed to protect life, not take it unless that life or innocent life is threatened, whether it be yours, your loved ones, your friends, your family, or your country. And at that point, yes, the freedom uh, is, is threatened. And, you know, as I say, the power to heal is yours, but uh, my gosh, if we don't have the freedom to heal much less the freedom to defend ourselves, these again are principles lost on purpose. I believe by those that have been guiding us and steering us to, you know, what you've talked about in the authoritarians, this progressivist agenda, removing rights from a creator and granting privileges that we'll call rights from a government. Uh, on and on it goes here. And, uh, I love again, being able to get together with you each week so we can talk about these things in a way that we don't hear often in many media outlets. And I know, and I'm grateful that you're also appearing on many shows or interviewing you about your articles. So I know that people are being exposed to this, maybe for the first time, some of them, but we can, I don't think we can do enough. <laughs> it's like, we don't have enough time of the day, but we also have to let it go at the point. We put it out there, let it go, see what comes back and keep going.
1: Well, I'm so grateful for this program because people get this type of information from no other source. And to see that the message is getting out there, it is helpful. It ensures that people understand where their liberties came from God mm-hmm. and state. And it also gives them an opportunity to have hope because, uh, there are people like us still out there. There are many people. In fact, I would say most Americans. Uh, love this country, love individual liberty. uh, And they are disappointed, uh, to say the least, in those who are willing to to take it all away for their own crass personal, financial, and political benefit. And we've got to fight for our liberties because, boy, oh boy, if we don't, particularly now, we stand at a precipice in history and we will fall into that abyss of socialism. And once you're in it, it is very, very hard to get out of it. So we best not go there whole hog. This president is pulling us there with as much power as he possibly can muster from the state, and we have to resist that. And in twenty twenty two, we have to block it. And then in twenty twenty four, we have to re- reverse it. And we we can do this, but it's not an option to do it. It's a necessity if we're going to be a free people we have to do it
0: yeah amen to that now we were talking about getting together coming together whether it be for a concert or whether it be you know for those that vote whatever it is how about these events that are coming up we have a tremendous array of events starting now in in september through october and even early november i want to tell you about right now and i know at least one of them jonathan emord will be at and you'll want to be there to give them a handshake or a hug, depending on where you're at in that regard, but also to pick up all this amazing, amazing swagger drip, depending on the age you are, uh, from Jonathan E. Mord and his team. Uh, the Health Freedom Expo, of course, is coming up. But let me just run through a couple of them. Uh, this month, are going to be together with a lot of people in the health freedom movement from around the world, around the country particularly, uh, the uh, United States Health Freedom Congress. It's the 13th one. Jonathan has been at them before, and it's a working group, and we're going to actually acknowledge and and honor some of those uh, groups that have done great work, and I I mentioned one of the groups, the Health Independence Alliance out of Utah, which passed legislation to prevent, uh, let's say, any violation of genetic integrity, and in doing so, by passing this bill that meant no mention of vaccines, because it wouldn't have passed had it mentioned it, to say that you cannot force a genetic procedure on anyone in the state. And now they're fi- finding out the governor even was like, I didn't know that, that you you can't force an mRNA injection in Utah because it violates genetic integrity and privacy. Isn't that great? So they're going to be honored along with a couple other folks are doing good work at the state level. And Jonathan, you mentioned that a lot of this action at this point has to happen at the state level to stop tyranny. We have to be smarter. We have to be very, uh, I say crafty, not in a negative way, but to really think creatively of how we can do this. And it can Be done so that's coming up the 23rd 24th of uh, September in Minneapolis st. Paul got a big health freedom summit as well in Orlando the 6th 7th 8th and 9th I'll be there I'll actually be in Orlando doing a couple of lectures for the Chamberlain's uh, group of health food stores the 4th and the 5th Uh, then I have uh, uh, the health freedom expo which is the the one Jonathan and I'll be at and many of our friends are gonna be having a great reunion and uh, we have a, always have a panel discussion on health freedom with Jonathan and myself and others. And Jonathan speaks there. And then there are wonderful booths that offer products and services that you will appreciate and love. And I hope that you'll support them. Or maybe you want to be an exhibitor because you have a product or service that this community wants to know about. And that's October 15th and 16th. Uh, Tindley Park Convention Center. I've got my tickets. I'm going to be arriving, Jonathan, on the 14th and going home on the 17th. So I'm going to spend as much time there with all those that get in early and stay a little bit late in case we have other things to do. I'll be there as well. And then uh, following that in Pittsburgh area, Beaver Falls, there's another health and freedom fair. And this health food store, the health hut stores there, Jonathan, they, uh, they love you and they appreciate this health freedom message that we're delivering. So they're not doing just the an event for the day, all about products that they sell. Yes, there'll be education, but they told me, we want you to talk about this freedom issue. We need to establish communities locally to make a difference here to counteract all of that, that is happening. And again, that's a great sign that that is happening at that, you know, that independent mom and pop business level, understanding their relationship to the community and recognizing the threat to their ability to survive and all of those in the community to survive. In freedom They're as opposed American. to that Yeah.
1: These are great Americans, Robert. And yeah. this is what we need to make it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thrilled. And also, yeah. Jonathan, every once in a while, when I think we only have six or seven listeners, you know, we've been talking about the the orange guard. This is that delimiting based pesticide that is awesome because you can spray it and not kill your kit your kids or your pets, and it works. Yes, there are natural solutions, innovative solutions that don't require the government to mandate or stop. But this orange guard, I heard from Tor. I interviewed him, the man that developed it, and he said, when you guys started talking about this, Ace Hardware, which carries his product, they've been sending in purchase order after purchase order. He's having a a struggle just keeping up with demand. So it tells me that there are people listening and watching this show and responding to the message to do things and, and to make their voices heard and, of course, vote with the dollars that they spend. Who do they support? What do they support? It isn't all about who's president, although we know that's important, too. But you can do a lot more at a local level to counteract the evil that is being done at other levels at any day of the week. And we're not victims. Don't believe it. Don't buy into it. The power to heal is yours. The power to create and co-create your world is yours and to reestablish what I believe is that Republican form of government where liberty, individual liberty is respected and protected and even applauded. Those that are willing to defend those who can't defend themselves. And that's what we're trying to do here, Jonathan.
1: Well said, Robert. Well said.
0: All right, my brother. So I can't wait. It'll be here before we know it. The Health Freedom Expo, Expo TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Come and see us. Let's hang out together for a weekend at least. And uh, back next week, as far as I know, with another edition of the Sacred Fire of Liberty. Yes, sir. Looking forward. Jonathan Emord. You can find him at E. Linked up in the show notes, as always, at robertscatbell.com. We're going to take a brief top-of-the-hour pause educational event for you. And then one of my good friends, Jonathan Otto, returns to the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll talk about well, many of you might not know him, believe it or not. He's a, he does a lot, but I want you to know about him and why he does what he does. And then we'll talk about another documentary that is coming out about the threats to our health and perhaps what to do about it. Yes, it's controversial, but we don't shy away from controversy. We engage in discussions where others fear to tread. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you, the power to heal is yours. <laughs> Robert, Scott, the Bell Robert Scott Bell show uh, this hour on the Robert Scott Bell show Jonathan Otto returns we'll talk about an upcoming uh, documentary series that you'll want to know about and how to plug into it in fact uh, he told me you're the first ones that are going to have a direct link to it yeah no I'm going to tell you about that this hour uh, also a uh, shout out to uh, Jamie Dorley on the gang at Nutritional Frontiers remember the code RSB15 gets you 15% off anything and everything they have including things that are on sale Uh, including their wonderful cbd hemp product certified organic u.s grown and uh, we take those every day there it is full spectrum hemp extract and i think superdon told me yesterday that christopher key says the igf1 plus sale their their labor day sale is still on uh for a little bit longer they've extended it so it's like a buy one get one free sale and you can uh check it out at robertscottbell.com there'll be a banner there and i did check my uh I don't know. I don't know if this is good or bad honestly cuz I don't like pay attention to this stuff but I you know get on these things like at the gym uh where I go to work out and it measures like muscle mass and 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 fat per, percentage and stuff like that and I you know I could see my uh, muscle mass going up again more validation that the IGF1 plus is really working and uh the how is it total body fat content? I don't know what the the right percentage is but mine read today it was going down a little bit from not that I'm look, I'm not trying to lose weight, but I'm trying to gain muscle, you know, just be, be stronger all the time. Uh, but it was 11.9%. Uh, of course, you know, I eat organically grown foods primarily. And, uh, if it's not certified organic, I know how it's grown. It's grass fed, that kind of thing to minimize the exposure to toxic poisons that would alter my cellular metabolism for the worse and make it so that the body would have to adapt to the chronic exposure to toxins and tuck away those toxins, usually in fat cells. And in that case, we see a lot of people that are packing on the pounds that is not muscle, but fat to protect their bodies from the toxic burden that they suffer. Now, sometimes it's visceral fat. Sometimes it's fat elsewhere. Uh, others deal with it in different ways, but for those that are having difficulty in losing, not weight, but fat, remember that's a liver congestion issue. And what are you putting into your body? Is it conducive for growth and healing, or is it stimulating a defensive posture, fight or flight from your cells to put up with, well, toxic poisons, not from God, but from man? It's a very real issue. Anybody suffering, uh, you know, in an ill or poor state of health and you haven't considered what is it you're putting in, right? We can't necessarily control everything we're breathing in the air around us, but we can certainly make better choices about the food and the quality of that food that we put in our bodies and or the water, filtering the water, cleaning the water, uh, and that's our friends at Synergy Science have the best uh, filtration technology. And also they bring that hydrogen into the mix. Now, before we bring Jonathan Otto into the mix, we do have a story here that I want to open our two with. And it relates to younger and younger people having serious, serious problems. Uh, this is from insider.com. It says here a cardiologist says she, she's seeing a rise in 20-somethings with heart arrhythmias. And, of course, they're not claiming it has anything to do with uh, COVID jabs. But, oh, it's herbal supplements. Dietary herbal supplements are the problem. And uh, they're saying fish oil and bitter orange linked to heart problems. Really? You're claiming to me that omega-3 essential fatty acids are causing heart arrhythmias? Unless we're talking about synthetic versions of those things and or versions from mercury laden fish and they're not purifying them properly and they're going rancid. That could be a problem. I'll grant you that. How about loose federal regulation? Oh, this is another play on getting Dick Durbin his dream to declare all dietary supplements illegal unless approved by the FDA. And who would go through the, the millions to billions at this point of dollars it takes to get drugs approved. And yet the the vaccines that are not vaccines are approved simply by testing it on six or seven rats. And then you'll probably hear tomorrow, well, the FDA is clamping down and making more rigorous scientific validation an important part of any future approvals of mRNA vaccines that are not vaccines, by the way. Oh, yeah, really? How are they doing it? Well, they've decided seven rats are not enough. Now it has to be eight rats. If they test it on eight rats, we'll give it a thumbs up, everybody, and you could become a lab rat like they are. So this, to me, is a hit piece from this insider about arrhythmias that may be very real. I don't discount that but completely disregarding the impact of COVID jabs as they relate to what cardiac events in younger and younger people. Yes, it's true. People can abuse dietary supplements and it can become problematic. But even when we talk about those issues that are very rare, dietary supplements, when you contact the poison control center, or you look at the annual rates of injury due to dietary supplements, they are fractional fractions of a percentage point relative to properly used, administered, prescribed, and ingested FDA approved pharmaceutical drugs, where insider pray tell is the story that modern medicine in all of its trappings and all of its approval by government agencies is the third, maybe second, maybe first leading cause of death every year. And you want to pick out one, two, five, or six deaths a year that might be attributed to dietary supplements, typically improperly used. And if adulterated, yes, they are violating law. We know that. That's not an argument. That's not a, a concern here in terms of we deny that that ever happens. But even that it does happen, it's so rare as it relates to, as I said, all the FDA-approved medications you want and you're in favor of that are killing people right, left, and center long before there was COVID, during COVID, and long after COVID, as long as the medical monopoly exists and they try to prevent freedom of speech about dietary mineral supplements and their ability to prevent, treat, cure, mitigate, et cetera. All the things are not allowed to do or say, Oh, then we have a question of the day on cardiac events. This would be a time to, to bring it in. Then we'll go to Jonathan. Uh, if we can do that. Do we have that question of the day? Ready? Let me just see. I'm going to go into the show notes, by the way, if you're not getting the newsletter, go to robertscottbell.com and sign up or easy enough. If you're in the United States, maybe in Canada, this will work. Text RSB to 22828. My initials RSB. Text RSB to two two eight two eight, and you'll be part of the newsletter, Robert Scal Show family, and you'll get all the updates, including poll questions of the day. Which I don't know what it is. If, in fact, that's something I got to figure out. Super Don will have to let us know in a moment what is our poll question of the day. So, if we're ready, let's go ahead and uh, hit that question of the day, Super Don. I see it now. I don't hear anything, but it's okay. We'll just sorry, my over.
3: computer wigged out here at the last second, so.
0: Yeah, you're. Your this is the best energy. I could do. All right, we'll, we'll manage it. This is from this is from Pat, who's concerned about her husband Doug. Doug may have AFib, atrial fibrillation. where did it go? It okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what is it? How how do you how do you know you have it? And how can we treat it? It's in his family. Thanks, Pat. Well, look, atrial fib is basically a, it's electrical uh, dysfunction uh, impacting on heart rhythm. They talk about atrial, the atrium, uh, heart irregularities. Usually electrical in nature. Now, this could most often indicate, not always, but most often indicate a deficiency of magnesium, the mineral magnesium. And very often magnesium will bring arrhythmias back into rhythm. But when they're not enough, when it's not enough to do just the magnesium, it might be that you have the wrong form of magnesium. That's possible. There's a lot of synthetic forms that may have some benefit, but not full benefit. I utilize the MegaFood magnesium that I get from Jonathan at choose to be every day. I take one or two at night, one or two in the morning, depending on my needs for a lot of reasons. Magnesium is deficient, not the least of which is stress. Or if you're out there sweating it up, working out hard, you'll use those minerals, but there's another mineral that is often overlooked as it relates to electrical activity that could impact what arrhythmias in the heart. And that's copper. And I utilize the bioactive copper, hydrosol, the sovereign copper every day. And you could take a tablespoon, one, two or three times a day to kickstart your copper stores in the cuproenzyme enzyme pathways and the various things copper is used for in the body. And it stabilized copper one and copper two in water, a little bit of silver to keep it active in terms of its shelf life stability. And this stuff is rocking. In fact, uh, on Sunday's edition of the Robert Scott Bell show on GCN, our home and broadcast radio syndication we have morley robbins returning and we go deep diving as we always do into science and the science of copper even some things we've not covered yet including the utilization of copper two copper one a lot of people mistakenly say oh copper two is the bad kind because it's extracellular you want copper one well turns out there are enzymes that your body produces when you have other minerals present yes that's right if you are minerally rich you can do things endogenously they don't require drugs or other things from outside sources to make that copper two go into copper one and copper two has benefits to the body as well so these uh, misunderstandings misapplications of concepts in science or in medicine we try to correct those here occasionally maybe a lot on the robert Scat bell show so look forward to that on sunday so i would say also uh, critagus, which is the hawthorn Berry homeopathic critagus or hawthorn Berry syrup from Dr. Christopher's will help, can help and does help. And, um, cardio miracle, all of the things that cardio miracle is doing to facilitate ease of blood flow, oxygenation of tissues. And that includes the heart muscle. That's nitric oxide production, sustain it and counter the peroxynitrite rise, the dangerous free radical rise. And you can do that also by drinking hydrogen water. So reach out to synergy science and find out more about that. So I'll leave that there at the moment. And uh super Don, are there any other announcements or things I forgot to mention before we bring Jonathan Otto back into the program mix? How are we doing buddy? So. I, yeah. You say you're having a computer problem. Was this an unusual thing or is this becoming a daily? No, event? It's
3: just weird. The browser was not letting me zoom in the way I would normally do it. And so, oh, you know,
0: okay. It's okay. Computers okay. suck. Yeah. Compu- that's a, a theme every day here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Computers okay. suck. All right. You know, Jonathan Otto, awesome dude. I get to see him a lot at events, and he's got always a film or video crew, whether it's him or others, getting great interviews, getting great information out to the world. He's done it a number of times. We're going to get his backstory for those of you who don't know Jonathan and also reveal to you the new documentary coming out and get you first access to it. So let's welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Jonathan Otto hey how's it going how's it going my brother yo look i told you not to look you're not supposed to look better than me and super don how, look at how look, look at this guy he's just look at he's dressed up nicely i uh, can't compete jonathan it's not fair well i've <laughs> got
2: to make up for just uh, i don't know like what if i say something really controversial and it offends everyone i've got to try to at least
0: we do that every that. day you're going to be challenged okay uh, <laughs> but yeah you could do it jonathan it could happen uh so it's good to see you my brother i'm glad you remember you. Too. I remember when you know, we had talked off the air about you, you were at Puerto Rico, you were going to Australia because you got family there as well and visiting and you somehow you made it out unscathed, unjabbed as well. Unjab- sure. And, and, you know, I have a friend visiting me from New Zealand and Australia right now. And he's like, they're not welcome back in Australia because they're very outspoken advocates of freedom. And they've spoken out very overtly against the government and the tyrannical lockdown and shutdown of the Australian people. You're a freedom guy, but as you know and I know you are a spiritual guy too, guided by spirit. You needed to be there for specific reasons and you were protected in the midst of it. And that's I'm so grateful for that as well. Is there anything oh, about you, your bro. journey through Australia you can share as well as we learn more about your backstory for those that don't know you?
2: Oh sure. Thank you, Robert. I with Australia look it, it obviously very emotional for anyone that has their own home country, basically kind of everything you thought it was a road, I was well aware of how this was all set up for a long time. And so I'd been talking to people trying to blow the whistle on, hey, look, this is all set up for this moment in time. Uh, Lots of like, uh, for example, 9-11 type events that were happening in Australia before, like with uh, massacres that would happen that were clearly actually inside jobs and things like this that were then taking away more freedoms, uh, creating the reality that we have today. So anyway, just being out there is really sad. Like, I mean, I could tell you last year, it was illegal for me to visit my own parents. Uh, I just had a baby. They, They couldn't come and see the baby without it being illegal course that is against the the law that I have as a Christian which says to honor my mother and father in the Ten Commandments which means that I can't do that to the best of my ability if I um, am treating them like they or I'm a leper so I um, you know obviously broke that but you know it was it was scary for them wasn't so much for me but it was traumatic because i could see how this whole thing would divide everything and how we had to have a story ready for the police and all this kind of stuff yeah it's horrifying i mean you know i was at protests i was uh, on the on the local news and all these kinds of things people were at protests getting shot with rubber pellets rubber pellets yeah Uh,
0: we were witnessing it from afar and reporting on it talked to some folks from australia in the midst of it And I just, like you said, I feel for the people of Australia. I've been there. I visited once and been to New Zealand as well and loved it. My, my times there's many years ago now, but so sad and disappointed that they would fall into that tyranny. And, and I'm not saying that the majority of Australians even wanted it, but then again, the warnings of the founding fathers of America said, you know what, if you guys and gals ever give up on defensive Liberty, if you give up your right to keep and bear arms to defend yourself, that, that this inevitably would happen. and, you know, my friend from New Zealand and Australia is saying the same thing now. He's like, we gave up our guns. It was a bad mistake. It was a horrible tragedy or tragedies that have happened that caused people to go, oh, let's all give up our guns. Do not do it. It is not the good people that are committing these atrocities that lead to the calls for abolition of firearms ownership. But now that they don't have the ability to defend themselves, the government is completely fearless and those in it to, to visit and rain tyranny down on the people of australia for instance in other countries yeah, like canada
2: and you're referring to the port arthur massacre from 1994 this was warned by the media by the government officials for example one government official said unless we get more restrictive gun control laws we're going to have a massacre in tasmania named the state a month later the massacre happens mm-hmm. so predictive programming they told you what they're going to do before they did it right one uh young under 20 year old that has only the training of shooting tin cans in his backyard is pinned to be the man to perform 36 headshots in 20 minutes. Uh, he, uh, according to eyewitnesses, including the, the victims, uh, his facial description didn't match. They said he had a face pitted with acne. He had a flawless, uh, skin, uh, None of it matched. Uh, You can hear him talking to negotiators. The negotiator is on the phone. You hear gunshots going off. It sounds like it's a building away, not right next to the phone. If you're talking to someone on the phone, you're shooting a gun. It's going to be basically so loud or overpower the voice. You can hear a distant shot. There's no way that he was either the only shooter or a shooter at all. Uh, and and that's what I'm saying. He absolutely was not the shooter, and then he got 1,035 years without parole. Here he is rotting in jail. He didn't get given a trial. Why does someone not get given a trial? How does he get pinpointed to be a murderer without a trial? Mm-hmm. He goes to jail for six months. Be, you know, the, He said that he wasn't guilty, but then after the six months, he's noted for his sickly appearance. Then he confesses he was guilty. Many people believe that he was tortured, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's just... Horrific, and yes, that's the reason why we don't have guns in Australia. I personally don't carry, and I choose not to, due to my uh, Christian beliefs. But I, I believe that the, but also I believe that other people choose to carry because of their Christian belief, and I believe in conscience. Yeah. And so I'm a conscientious objector, as as is somebody uh, conscientiously bearing arms, and I believe in that, and I and so therefore I fight for that Second Amendment, yeah. right? Uh, both in my country, and this country.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Jonathan, I just want to reference because it's a, it's a stunning uh, revelation when you talk about that 1994 massacre in Tasmania uh, and that precipitated the, oh, we got to k- take all guns away. And it's a, it's a vulnerability, it's a naivete of the people to believe that if, that if we'd only eradicate guns, then all of our problems would be solved. And now, again, decades later, we see that the people can't defend themselves. And how is that a righteous thing? How is that even... You know, a spiritually a moral thing to not, or or to basically to, to make everyone potentially a victim of government tyranny. And as I say, from an American viewpoint, being you know born and raised here in America, uh, the the founders were very prescient in what they said because they had studied government and tyranny throughout history. And they said we wanted to establish a form of government that would be least likely to fall into that same trap. And we need that the people would be vigilant in defense and yes diligent in defense of that liberty. And you know, as I said, our good friends and family from all around the world are now seeing this because of COVID and what happened and saying, Americans, please do not ever give up your guns. And this is not me advocating violence. It's not the gun owners of America advocating violence. It's a recognition that we prevent violence, like the order of what we've seen in countries like Australia, Canada, against the people by a government unchecked. And, and again, I know this is not the topic that we, that we brought you on to discuss, but I appreciate you rolling with me on yeah. that because of your insight again i know you and i know your heart and also yeah. the fact that you have you are you know from uh countries that are affected you know we're talking about here and i think it's yeah. an important story so as no, we i appreciate move forward- it and just a
2: correction on my facts yeah. 1994 was the rwandan genocide 1996 okay. was the port Arthur massacre okay uh, under alleged uh martin bryant who served 35 life sentences just a correction on that i okay. I, I found that i got those two events sometimes mixed up 94 sure. was for the rwandan genocide another tragedy
0: and New Zealand had a, an event that precipitated, again, the, with you know the, the taking of guns. And this is the thing that we see repeated in America. Thank God the American people, by and large, are not falling for it to say just because of some horrible person or maybe... A psychological operation engaged by uh deep dark state forces that are demonic doing this yeah uh, arguably and and if for people typically to say oh, that guys yeah typically it, it, only
2: trained to show up and say it was me when they all that's all they were programmed for yeah. uh typically but yes they can also be shooters it's possible
0: yeah and for all intents and purposes i know it's difficult for people some people understand that there are dark forces on this planet and people willing to engage in slaughtering children I know because it's so disgusting to think about. It's like, we would never do it. You would. So no one would do it. That's not the case, unfortunately. And they use that naivete against us. And they say, my gosh, you never know when it'll happen. So let's just remove all the guns. It'll never happen. And then it turns out, you know, you see massive knife violence in Canada and no one's there to stop the perpetrator at that point. So how is that a, a logical, much less a moral thing to do? Uh, yeah. and, and so stay ever vigilant that those people who would take advantage of these tragedies to disarm you they do not have good intentions is my point and i'll yep. say that just very directly everybody not that i know exactly what happened in every shooting but we also see the pharmaceutical industry's facilitation of uh you know thoughts and ideations of suicide or homicide activated When like SSRI drugs are given, for instance. So there's a lot that we're trying to do here and educate people to a more holistic and honoring of the body and creation by utilizing the substance of creation appropriately, rather than synthesizing them, making them poison and causing all kinds of emotional and mental aberrations that lead to a loss of defense of life. And, and a loss of life, needless anyway. So Jonathan, more about your background history to what drives you to do the things that you've been doing in the last number of years with all of the wonderful documentary films that you've put out that are very empowering. Yes, indeed controversial, but we don't shy from controversy.
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you, Robert. Well, so... I have a degree in journalism, so I studied at the University of Newcastle in Australia. I became a journalist and also did a double major, so media production. But the journalism was of interest to me because my whole heart was to be a part of the solution to uh, injustice globally, uh, whether it was child trafficking, whether it was global hunger, um, you know, issues to do with the developing world as far as I was concerned at the time uh, and exclusively uh, as such. And so, you know, while I was leading up to that, I was doing work at, for World Vision as an ambassador. Uh, the Actually, the Australian government at that time right, were very favorable towards what I was doing. And I was awarded Young Citizen of the Year and Nas- uh, International Ambassador of the Year. Uh, so it was, a, uh, um, you know, it was all about trying to find a better solution to Global issues, and then um, as things evolved, I found myself realizing that people suffer in the world due to uh, due to the injustice inflicted by false information, and that people needed true information in order to be able to rise above suffering. So I. And as that became more uh, acute to me, and I could see people were dying of preventable diseases, they were taking drugs that were designed or put on treatment protocols that were designed to make them suffer, which would, to me, in my mind, be akin to torture. It was like a form of actual torture, intentional, but it was one that, it would be perceived as though someone would say, well, you know, the doctor did all they could do and these developers of these medications did all they could do. And I'm, and I'm looking at it realizing, no, this is all a lie and it's designed to create suffering. Everything from the childhood vaccine program that would set us up. uh, For example, you know, you look at the dollar sign, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an S and with the two poles, which is the caduceus. And that is a symbol of a snake. And it, it, the reason why it's the same as the medical symbol is it's the concept of being bitten by a snake. And the way that money is made in this industry is that we poison you. So we envenomate you and then we market to you the solution and you are dependent on our solution. For example, if we burn out your thyroid because we think you have uh, an overactive thyroid and we give you radioactive iodine, now you're going to be uh, dependent on our drugs for the rest of your life because you don't have a thyroid. And so that's, like that's the dollar sign it's 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 like a serpent bite and then we will market to you the solution and that's how we generate uh money from your suffering it's very dark and occultic as well when you consider all the factors involved in that so then i i just found myself that i in a state where i had to research medical related issues and so for the last 10 years it had been Uh, vaccines, cancer. You saw me when I was working with The Truth About Cancer as a producer. And then I went on to produce uh, a bunch of films on autoimmune disease, dementia, um, and uh, natural medicine. And then uh, for for the past year and a half, the past year and a half, it's been COVID vaccines, uh, the global agenda.
0: And weirdly enough, you occasionally interview me. I can't for the life of me figure that out. But hey, thanks. I I I always love love interacting with you, Jonathan. You know, that.
2: thank you. No, no, you, you share so much great content.
0: Well, you know, the, the symbolism of the snake is rather interesting, and I want to talk about that as well. Um, the caduceus symbol, the uh, the pole and the snakes coming around it, you know, it's, it's this medical symbol. And of course, we go, you know, if you go biblical back to the Garden of Eden, the snake, you know, the temptation and all of, all of that, th- there's no accident in terms of the symbols used in global systems, so to speak, whether it be there for hypnosis, whether it even be for good. You know, I'm not talking it's all bad, right? Symbols yeah. can be... Play, you know, things that we look at for upliftment, you know, so it's not all bad, but those that know how to use symbols can use it for either. And we can be manipulated into it. And we may not know the meaning of it and they could uh, have us perceive something that is really kind of not where we'd want to go from a spiritual upliftment perspective, but they sell it in a certain way and we start believing it and then we engage in it. And like you're pointing out about uh, the medical system as yes, it has validity within um, a battlefield type medicine when, you know, somebody has been you know shot and they're going to die, bleed out and battlefield medicine, that's allopathic medicine, or you get hit by the proverbial bus and you're broken into pieces. They can put you back together. God bless them. I'm grateful for them that their ability to do so, but to yeah. apply that form of medicine to, into everywhere and make it the, the mandated form of medicine and nothing else from the natural world is allowed to even exist, much less compete with it. Now you get into something that I would call evil because it results in untold suffering, unneeded and unnecessary suffering and death because it's inappropriate. It's not appropriate medicine. And yet those of us who would advocate for natural medicine and even homeopathy or different things, uh, their argument uh, against it ultimately, if we argue that, let's say, for instance, homeopathy cannot kill you, it's not possible. And they say, well, if you take that remedy, you might not take a remedy that you really needed, which is a drug that could kill you. (laughs) So their argument is you're not, taking a drug that could kill you and so we should ban the one that can't kill you or the reason i say that your remedy is not real is because it can't kill you i've had that argument said to me your 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 homeopathy can't kill anybody therefore it's not real i'm like i'm Uh, not kidding you i'm like that's your argument that's not good
2: it's not powerful enough they think
0: just, yeah. it, well, it's stunning. Like you said, I said, we talk about absurdities and I, I deal, uh, and have to deal with them and try to counter them all of the time, uh, in this regard. And of course, now that we get to the controversy, we talk about snakes and snake venom. Now yeah, in, home- in homeopathy, we can use and have used snake venoms homeopathically. Why? Because venoms are very powerful toxins, poisons, if you will, that create powerful effects within the body. Usually that can result in death. A lot of them will impact the blood system, either cause bleeding, uncontrollable bleeding and no coagulation or hypercoagulation. It could go either way, can cause neurological shutdown, impacting respiration or other activities, can create necrosis of tissue. I mean, you're talking about volatile and violence against a human and animal body. Snake venoms are the ultimate killing tools in in the natural world. And yet we could, as a homeopath, could take those venoms and convert them into a homeopathic form to counteract not only the venom, but anything that's similar to it. And this was you know, when I talked to Brian Artis about his uh, perspectives on uh, synthetic peptide venoms that are being tested in big pharma, which is real. That happens. uh, I was saying, you know what? Before you were talking about that, it was interesting. A lot of these cardiovascular and blood disorders associated with covid matched up well to these snake venom remedies so we were talking about them mm-hmm. now of course brian artist comes out and says hey it actually might be the venoms themselves being studied in pharma and brought out into not an overt way to say here's some snake venom drug but to sort of not tell you that this is part of the delivery system whether it be by injection pills or other things that could harm or even kill us and I don't know. What was the greatest controversy associated with what Brian Artist said, as you've interviewed many on this and have more information to share?
2: Sure. Okay. So, I mean, the greatest controversy was really just that 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 was it, that somehow it, it was this venom. It sounded so outlandish that it could be venom. And to both people in the truth movement or anti-vaccine I, that's not what we call it but that's what people call it and so this movement also had a strong reaction and and i even felt it in my own self even though i was aware of certain things that in the history of biological weapons and how venom had been used historically and the cia had this and i'd researched that 10 years ago and so what that did was it helped me to understand that um that these things are actually real i think i got my 4 year old there b- banging away at the door so i just in case i need to um
0: well is he want to be on the interview is that what it is he's ready for a st- stage moment get him on camera is that what's happening here
2: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly now he'll come in here and just just blow blow everything up and pull pull all my stuff <laughs> down
0: yes um
2: but i think i've got a remedy right here where my wife has grabbed him so perfect okay. so he's he's good um but yeah so the controversial aspects of of this was I mean, it was everything like it it was just so hard for people to get their heads around. But on the other hand, to me, like I saw some big names put their word against this in ways that to me seemed so intentional. Other times it made sense that people would discredit it just because it sounds outlandish. They don't want to be discredited. So they just kind of naturally want to distance themselves. And that I, I understand that from a human nature perspective. But this other stuff where they they understood a decent amount of the arguments and they were using the information that they did have to try to mm. pull it apart. It made me wonder whether they were, they were part of trying to derail us because there's so much here, even the invention of MRNA technology, the work of Drew Wiseman and Catalina, Cataline Carrico from the university, university of Pennsylvania. They were the developers of the MRNA technology. Why have we been misled to believe it was somebody else? And, and what does that matter? Well, it matters because those two individuals have the patents for snake venom and um, DNA and RNA technology cleaving to uh, venom, cleaving to DNA and RNA. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of important because that's mRNA, that's messenger RNA versus some other individual or individuals mm-hmm. that claim to have been a part of that, but that's not MRNA technology. So why were we destroy Why were we derailed on that? Why were we led to focus that? It certainly took the limelight off the venoms. Um, so some of my work in what I was doing and what I am doing with Dr. Brian artists and others is releasing the information on the history of the biological weapons program, which, was developed through the CIA. Obviously, it's been around a lot longer than that. We know that n- native uh, indigenous people throughout centuries, uh, millennia, have used poison darts from frogs or various animals and shot them and poisoned people. It's been known to be an effective strategy. So it's not like new that CIA disclosed that they'd developed a heart attack gun in 1975 that was developed using shellfish venom discovered by the eight, a young 18-year-old Mary Embry that was tasked with creating a stealth weapon that could create a heart attack. And she discovered that it was the conotoxin uh, venom that could do that, a shellfish. Uh, and there there are many of them. And the relevancy in this is that this was disclosed publicly and Dr. David Martin says, whenever you see a disclosure like this, what they're doing is they're making you believe that it's gone underground. Well, they're making you believe that it's been taken down, but it's actually just gone underground and they're working on a much bigger version of what they're disclosing Mm -hmm. and which is like hidden in plain sight. We're telling you what we're doing before we're doing it. Very dark kind of philosophy there.
0: Jonathan, to say what you just said is brilliant. They're, They're hiding it in plain sight. They're telling you what they're going to do before they do it. And it's, it's so stunning. The, the roadmap to our future, if we allow it is written by these evil men and women who think this is some noble thing to reduce, for instance, population on the planet to save the planet. Well, the planet doesn't need saving people do, uh, but they're not going to be saved by being envenomated, much less being poisoned by other, uh, drugs of big pharma or vaccinations or whatever the MRNA is not a vaccination. Uh, so, and I've said this from the standpoint of economics, you know, following on to the, the, the work of the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank as it relates to the Federal Reserve System, if you dig deep enough on these international banking schemes and the treaties that they're uh, tied to, they have meetings regularly and they publish what goes on in these meetings and they say exactly what's going to happen, sometimes decades before it does manifest. And, and I acknowledge it may be too shocking for people to say or, or realize or even see that there are people, for one, that actually do that. And two, that those things are not really a surprise for those who are paying attention, but very few of us are. And so we're caught unaware. And so you bring up something as controversial as Brian Artis did apparently going, hey, the venom issue, you know, and and bring up all the history of humanity using those venoms in warfare, bio-warfare and things, and then making it more technological in an age of synthetic organic chemistry, so to speak. You know, why do we think that humans are... suddenly changed and become noble and they wouldn't do these things. Yet the entirety of our history shows humans are capable of doing great evil to other humans, much less animals. I, I think they want us to be remain naive and believe in the goodness of people, which I do by and large, but I also recognize a certain segment of the population at any time will be engaged in things that are not uplifting, spiritual, godly, Christ-like at all. And and so what do we do with that? We pray on, not we, but they pray on the people who are godly and Christ-like because they would never do these things. So they perceive that no one would do them. And that is a vulnerability for good people to suffer because of their view of the world.
2: True. The other side of that is that the people that say no one could ever do this, are they, how aware are they, Robert, of their shadow? Mm. The people that say that. Yeah. Are they aware that they're capable
0: of doing that too, if given the right circumstance. Yes.
2: Uh, Yeah. What's their awareness level of their own selves. And then they'll say, no, I would never do that. And then they'll go turn on a show and watch it and get entertained by a completely genocidal type storyline. And where there's certain themes that are completely justified. Like, you watch something like Hunger Games, and it's somehow justified that it's okay for some children or teenagers to kill other children. Why is this entertaining to watch like a gladiator thing? But I, you know, I've been entertained by storylines like this, uh, and you know, so I'm not judging people. I'm just saying, hey, look, I'm aware of my shadow. This is actually in all of us, and so people need to understand that and say, God help me, save me from this state that is actually natural to us all. And if we were all in, you know, sick kind of scenarios. Yeah, you know you it's it's kind of frightening to think about what you could be capable capable of so you just Mm -hmm. need to deep deep unplug from it just get get away from the system and fill yourself with good things spiritualize
0: your consciousness exactly Uh, you know and that's why it's one of the reasons why i fast every week uh to you know kind of practice the discipline and stay focused on that positive uplifting loving message from that which created us all and not fall prey to or be victimized by all all the things we're exposed to. I mean, we can't completely eliminate exposure to these things, but we can certainly make better choices. I just learned last night, I was at uh, the uh, health meeting with a lot of uh, awake and aware people uh, that Disney is putting out some cartoon on, I don't even know what channel it is, where it's a child that is uh, impregnated by the devil somehow. uh, And, and, you know, becomes, I don't know if it goes into antichrist levels, but I'm like, it was like bizarre. I'm like, Disney is doing some stuff that are like basically things that happen behind the scenes. When you look at Luciferian and demonic agendas and, 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 and rituals with children that are horrific and horrible and have happened for thousands of years on this planet. And they're making light of it or normalizing it through some kind of adult cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this. I just heard about it no, yesterday.
2: No, but I've, I've, I've researched a lot about the things that, you know, Disney and have, you know, all the different sex symbols and phalluses and different things that they've been putting as subliminal messages. And you think, why would they do that? And then part of the agenda is to hyper hypersexualize us all. Because that's actually very easy for that to happen. We can all like we get into stressful situations. We can all get into places where we'd be focused on sex sensuality, sexuality. And and then most often that's in context where it's actually not good. It's it could divide, break up a, a happy marriage. It could um, you know be in all kinds of contexts that bring about so much chaos in someone's mm-hmm. life. But it's like but yeah exactly these types of things like and that that's a you know another step just beyond sensuality sexuality uh this is talking about yeah d- you yeah, know demonic things impregnation th- these storylines oh, yeah, no, the, kind of films. It, and, and,
0: and it's not like i am unaware of the fact that th- these horrible things have happened on this planet and are happening on this planet simultaneous to a lot of good things that are happening mm-hmm. at the same time to kind of de-normalize de- it almost make light of it Okay, again, not the subject of what I wanted to talk to you about, but also thinking about making choices of what are you exposed to? Why would we want to know about the envenomation theory or the validations for the venom technology and creating ill health, death, et cetera? Uh, You know, are we confusing people or is it something that people can go into and be better for it? Right. Because I know your intention in doing that. Yeah. Thank but in you. terms of choice of media, you know, how do you, how do you frame it in terms of why people should watch what we're going to be sharing and uh, we'll be talking about?
2: Sure. So you know, why, why should people watch this? Well, well it, it takes away away from the other things that you could watch during that time that are going to have no benefit and, and, and not going to lift you up. The, the good news is that it's, it's solution oriented. And so, you give examples like the Italy study that that showed that the 36 different venoms that were showing up in the blood, urine, and feces of COVID-19 patients and none of them, zero in the COVID negative patients. You say, well, how would a peer-reviewed study that's published on PubMed, how would that come to that conclusion? And then the, the researchers are saying, please, can we look at nicotine as a treatment? Because if this is envenomation, well, they say if wherever SARS-CoV-2 is present, these venoms are also present, which I'm saying, well, if, if SARS-CoV-2 SARS-CoV-2 has never been isolated, then it's not that they're both present at the same time. It's just that you're finding sars cov You're just finding venoms. Otherwise, there'd be some people that were COVID negative that it was also have venoms in them, but there was zero people that were COVID negative that had any venoms in them in the study, and so what it shows as well, the PCR test is designed to pick up venoms as well. That's one one thing that people need to understand, and so anyway, but the whole point of what I'm saying here is that then that leads people to then say, well, what are the solutions? If it's envenomation, then what's the solutions? Then you look at the reason why ivermectin is helpful. People people generally know that it helps zinc absorption into the cells, and uh, people, and then the snake bite or or like a another type of envenomation, like a conotoxin, These uh, make people both zinc and copper deficient. And it's interesting if you look at the symbol of the serpent, the brass serpent that Moses was told to uh, erect and for people to look at, was made out of copper, which, which is an alloy of zinc and and cop- and, and copper is uh, sorry, cop- copper and zinc is what's combined to make brass or bronze. And so this was a symbol when you think about it, when you try and understand a serpent, a brass serpent actually is showing you, well, isn't that interesting? The two things you become deficient in is both copper and zinc. And then you'll find that when this happens, it's through these channels, the nicotine, acetylcholine receptors of the brain. And so that was why that study was pointing towards nicotine as a treatment. And the French study that was released two months before in this, I'm talking June of 2020 for the Italy study. And so the Italy, the French study was showing the same finding and that nicotine should be looked at as a solution. That's just one example, let alone looking at all different types of therapies that are good to uh, denature venoms in the body, vitamin C, glutathione, NAC, N-acetyl- N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor to glutathione. You look at these different things that are being used effectively for envenomation and, and vitamin C has been used for envenomation and it's incredibly powerful. So people need to check that out and see the benefit of, of using these types of therapies. So, yeah, that's why it's so helpful. Uh, urine therapy is something that Christopher Key has talked about, Ed Group, Rashid Buttar, you know, you know, both doctors there, they're talking about this because if you understand how venom works, getting anti-venom then becomes very important. And the urine is going to have a signature, which is why uh, yeah, antivenom is created by injecting a horse with the venom that they're trying to create the antivenom for, and then they'll extract the blood of the envenomated horse, and that blood is now spun, and that that ex- extracted the blood is then used to inject to create antivenom, and the urine is going to naturally synthesize this similar process, and so that's why people are looking at urine, uh, which is why people have known to pee on a jellyfish sting, right. and so. If this is true, you remember how I started talking about humanitarian yeah. endeavors, which is the treatment that, if it were true, if this was global envenomation, I can do a little bit more work there. We can come back to it improving how this is how I can prove this is the case, uh, from even from the Department of Justice website. Hakonotoxin poisoning is the greatest threat that humanity faces. Did you know that the Department of Justice said that in two thousand and twelve? And the same, and the conotoxins are what shows up in the blood urine, and feces. There was actually 15 different types of cone snails that mm-hmm. showed, showed up, and they were saying that this would be the biggest issue, that yeah, one of the greatest issues that we could face is a bio uh, terrorist threat. But, um, yeah, these are, the, these are the kinds of things to consider when you're looking at uh, mm-hmm. these, these types of issues. But, yeah, with the – what I was saying, yeah, as the humanitarian, what's the treatment that everyone could get access to? If NS, NAC, ivermectin, if all these things were banned and you had nothing – or let's say if you're locked in a hospital and they wouldn't give you anything, what's the one thing that they that you, they couldn't take from you? What if the body
0: mm-hmm. is produce the uh, the antidote, right? To, the yeah, exactly. Antidote. So they, yeah. it's
2: there for people if they need it, and if they don't and they think it's gross, that's fine. At least you know. Yeah. And I'm just and I'm just saying like well let let's say in India, one hundred fifty thousand people in the world die of snake bites every year and most of those are coming from India. Do you think that those people should know? Do you think it's possible? Should we do more studies on envenomation with snakes? And you know, this information sure. could save so many lives. And if Ed Group has been drinking a gallon a day for the last several months, then people that died of you know, dehydration, mm-hmm. I mean, you would know better than me. Couldn't they use that then sure. uh, to not well, I, and, I know,
0: uh, and I know the resistance to discussing it. And it, it, look, I, I feel it too. Uh, but I feel like an obligation to talk about things of controversy, not because they're controversial, but if they are, so be it. But to address intellectually the the possibilities that we have been afraid to look at something because we've been purposefully uh, told to not look at it True. or they violently react to anybody discussing it. That that intrigues me, especially when they reacted so violently to Brian Artis, even people in our community. And yeah. I like Brian Artis. I think he's a great guy. I enjoy his company. Anytime we get together, we have a great time. But yeah. I'm willing, certainly, to engage in this. And I want everybody to seriously consider uh, watching this new series that's coming out. Uh, by the way, we're having some nice comments from people. Was it uh, Gretel says Otto's docuseries, V Secrets, was excellent? So uh, thank you. Yeah, we're getting Greta. Nice, there it is, Gretel. Nice. And she has a nice smiley face Appreciate there. Appreciate it, Gretel. And uh, Pat asks, uh, RSB says, Jonathan has an adorable accent is that racist sexist or nationalist no it's not he does have an adorable accent we love it uh that's cute uh, Australian. You, australian. It's, it's australian it's very cute so we love it i appreciate um, it so we have a link you provided to us today and sure. super don if you can drop it into the chat room both chat rooms if you don't mind to get everybody a, a head start to sign up to get free access to this series this brave series live courageously heal miraculously and, uh, here it is visually. It will take you there. There's a special code through the Robert Scott Bell show. And if you haven't already super deep, make sure that's added into the, uh, the notes you may have already done it, uh, so that you can take advantage. of This. I don't know when it's first going to air this next uh, series though. If you could tell us sure. a little bit, about I can tell this you September,
2: up. September 28th. So you guys are early. So basically what 20 days from now, okay. um, and uh, sorry, 26. Let me just double. <laughs> okay. It's funny that I just said maybe the wrong date. Let's hope I there you go. September 26th is the date. Okay. It goes live first episode. And so but we will be releasing preliminary content ahead of time. Like, for example, Covenom, everyone needs to see that we'll be releasing that th- through this. Uh, so when people opt in, I actually might have it directly on the page. I might put that up over the next couple of days or very uh, or we'll send it out to people's emails and say, check out this 50-minute uh, uh, feature film uh, you know, that I produced uh, with Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Tal Braun, who worked to train FBI and CIA agents in preventing mass killings, particularly mm-hmm. focused in biological weapons, and, and how he discovered this envenomation issue, emailed the FBI about it, that whole story and why that's important and how this relates to solutions, all in that film, which we're releasing immediately. So there's a lot that people can get through going through that link.
0: All right. So everybody, we've got the link to this. You're the first to get it. Uh, it you'll uh, get updates once you sign up uh, for free to find out how to watch it, when to watch it, et cetera. And please share. Uh, this is something that we need more information, not less. And this is not designed to confuse It's to provide uh, information that I think we're better off having than not, especially with, <laughs> well, of course they tell us that what we do is disinformation and misinformation or malinformation. But what if those people saying that are wrong, which, You all know through the COVID crisis, pretty much everything Fauci said turned out to be wrong. The WHO said, the CDC said, and the media reported. So why would we want information or only to rely on information that they give us? We need uh, a a free press. We need journalists like Jonathan Otto digging deep on this and finding people that are willing to discuss things. Yes, of great controversy. And then I would ask everybody to, however you do it, pray on it, contemplate on it, meditate on it. Because it's not just a mental construct to investigate these things scientifically or otherwise. It's also about receiving guidance from the highest source there is. And that's not government. That's not NIH. That's not Fauci. That's not me. That's not Jonathan Otto. That goes far, far deeper. And that goes to our very creator. So uh, I would ask that you open your hearts and minds and and take a look at this. And then if you have any concerns, take it within, take it to to that which you pray to normally and, and receive guidance there as well. John, know anything else you got to say before we wrap it up?
2: Sure. No, that's that's great. Look, I think that if if people want to understand the history of this, uh, some of the things that we're talking about with envenomation, I, look, it's worth looking into. This is the way you can help your friends and family. It's it's very relevant revelatory because you look at someone like Dr. Artis, he was talking about this for a long time. It took his wife months to even consider, hey, I should probably do this because I got really bad long COVID. She does it and she'd had tinnitus, tinnitus just after she got the flu shot. That went away too. Obviously, she wouldn't get the flu shot being with someone like Dr. Artis, but this was before they were married. And so does that mean that the flu shot has has venom in it? Like these are questions that we need to now ask. And the etymology of the word venom is, is actually virus. It means poisonous secretion. Sorry, the etymology of the word virus is venom, venom vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And it means poisonous secretion. And so you have to understand that what we're discovering is actually a Pandora's box to actually work out far more t- ways to treat things. What if we treated a lot of different diseases as envenomation? What would happen? What would be the result? We need to ask this question. It's a very important question because um, every function, every injury that was reported to Vias, every injury that was reported in the Pfizer documents, the seven pages of adverse reactions, mm-hmm. all of them can be traced to conotoxin poisoning. And I can show it from the Department of Justice website website right now. I can go there right now and show you every single one. And also associated with uh, COVID-19 as well. Absent- yeah. with all different types of functions stopping, like even the um, arrhythmia or... Um, myocarditis pericarditis yeah. the function by which these these mechanisms happen is yeah. uh, typically through the nicotinic well the, the the receptors the neurotransmitters of the brain no longer sending the correct signals and that's what the prey does mm-hmm. it envenomates its prey uh, it envenomates its prey the predator does and then sends a signal it's some all messages so the message that goes to the brain of that mm-hmm. uh, poor Prey is shut down, shut everything down, shut down the organs, stop beating so that the snake can catch up to it, or the cone snail can right. can take down a much bigger fish than itself. So this stuff is all well-documented, and when you understand it, it gives you solutions to, to be able to get out of this system. And then for anyone that has a spiritual belief, then you understand that, that this is a, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality, which is the creation has been envenomated, meaning it's believed – uh lies about its creator and it we, there's been a departure and there's a need to return back and to um you know basically get mm-hmm. this poison yeah. out of our souls so that's a whole nother thing yeah, about a whole
0: nother it. level of detoxification on a spiritual level and
2: that's what we need right now yeah. because that's the only way out of this thing everything else is fear anger hatred death murder it's all going to come out of us if we don't deprogram from that yeah. and choose to live in love
0: Jonathan Otto, God bless you, my friend. I love you. Appreciate you. And I'm so glad you could be on the show today. We're out of time, but uh, we'll have you back, of course, as this uh, series uh, is, is premiering soon. And if you don't get the, the newsletter, please do uh, text RSB to 22828. You will get a newsletter update on this premiere and uh, access it already today because we have the link up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Thanks, Jonathan.
2: Thanks so much, Robin.
0: All right, we'll be back in 60 seconds with a bonus round, and we'll find out what was the poll question of the day from Super Don, and more, because the power to heal is yours. See, you got a fancy link out there. I got the one that said slash RSB. Is there a difference between the two, Super D? like all those fancy question marks and numbers and things versus just my initials on that link.
3: That's the one that came in the email.
0: So. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So it's different. Maybe, maybe both work. I don't know. I'll just throw them out there just in case. Anyway, good, good show today. Jonathan was, uh, as, as an in intense as ever on, on very serious subject matter in terms of our country here in America, as well as, uh, with Jonathan going into deep level, uh, issues ultimately where I tend to like to go important to go, to our spiritual realities you know to to go to that deepest place so thank you all for being here and being willing to go to all of those places with us and that include includes you super don so
3: even me even
0: you so Aww. how are the uh how are the uh let's see poll questions of the day doing are we getting some interest in whatever you asked today in the uh, newsletter well,
3: today's question um i i threw it in there for two reasons number one because it's something that i it's a a story that i've been been following for a bit Mm -hmm. and secondly i don't know if you saw today um but and and i don't know how important this would be but Uh um let me show you bernard shaw died today at the age of 82 it doesn't look like Bernard be like, Shaw. That's not some other video. I don't know why. Oh, okay. You know, nothing's working for me today as far as I'm <laughs> i don't understand why. But yeah. uh, uh, that's a video. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I remember
0: that's... Bernard Shaw. He was there. Bernie Shaw at the, the opening of CNN, wasn't he, real early?
3: He was one of the original guys, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember watching CNN. Yeah, that was the CNN. Ted Turner
0: days, right? Ted Turner on CNN. You remember
3: watching CNN back in the day? Back it was actually, day. it was revolutionary. I think it was the first
0: 24-hour so where'd you go super uh, don you still there news? yeah i'm here you can't hear me did i lose your microphone yep i lost your microphone <laughs> you just say that nothing's working for super don today and boom his microphone goes out isn't that just like you said there you're back you're back
3: no i didn't do anything
0: i don't know i didn't say you did
3: What the heck is going on here i have anyway, no idea yeah i think it's you Okay. Um, yes. Blame the host. Anyway, do you remember? You remember watching CNN back in the day when of they were they were the first. Uh, I remember when
0: they launched. I mean, I was an Atlanta boy, so they were it was the first like cable deal. news channel,
3: twenty four hour news. Yeah, channel. Yeah, news was always, and New they York actually reported LA. the news. Yeah. It was like it was like wow, you can get the news because I was a news junkie back then. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm not now, but yeah. you know, it was a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I used to. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, you can tune in you'd see the news anytime you want to type thing and it was it wasn't biased and yucky like it is now Mm -hmm. so anyway long story short here Mm -hmm. uh today's news or uh poll Mm -hmm. would you watch cnn if it became more centrist and less biased now why do i ask this question yeah cnn is under new management oh And the guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy that's, that's taking over and, and wanting to uh, basically overhaul it. improve, overhaul CNN yeah. is saying, listen, we got to get away from doing all the opinionated stuff and the you know, crazy left wing. And we got to get more into just telling people the news type thing. They've been firing people. They're hiring people. Brian Stelter's gone. You know, is this like
0: a uh, just a Hail Mary pass to salvage it before it goes I don't under, know. Or?
3: I don't know what the backstory is on it, uh, but I do know that at least that is the, the what they're saying they want to do. Okay. Um, and so I thought, well, let's just throw it out there and see what people say. So would you watch CNN if it became more centrist and less biased? You can answer either yes, maybe, no, or not
0: sure. Mm-hmm.
3: So, what do you think, Robert? What do you think first? I think No is going to
0: dominate. No is going to dominate. No and look, is going to dominate. This is, yeah. this is for me. I don't hardly even watch Fox News anymore. I think it all—it's <laughs> all crap. Now, you know, occasionally I, I was curious about Greg Gutfeld since he's now surpassed ratings of the the three nighttime semi comedians. You know, Jimmy Kimmel and yep. uh, Jimmy Fallon. And all that. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. What he's doing is bringing in a bigger audience, but. Um, for the most part no i don't trust any of these mainstream news organizations and it's rare that we will i don't you haven't done many video clips from them in a long time are they is it because they're lying or you just don't have time to grab them anymore
3: um i just haven't grabbed in a while it's mm-hmm. not that I, I don't care where the source comes from if it's if it's real if it's good and it's real yeah then I, I know I we, do that's it, why so. we do
0: cover cnn stories but yeah, see dominate almost 70 percent said no they're like, they're not forgiving CNN. They're like, forget you. you know?
3: I personally welcome mm. the change. Now, and that's because, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't look at it as this source, that source. or I look at the news itself and I go, mm-hmm. is this newsworthy? Is this, do I believe that this right. is legit? And are they doing a good job covering it? And is it something that's going to give us information that we can talk about? Yeah. Th- that's my you know my litmus test on whether i'm going to include something from a news source or not right um and so for me cnn listen say what you will but cnn they've they've got the good machinery okay the stuff they crank out is crap sometimes yeah
0: well no you're right they have the news-making machinery they uh, do and it, it maybe it could be salvaged i don't know but i think that people now have moved on from a lot of these networks Look at the ratings, and even Fox, yeah, which right. has the best ratings typically, it's still there's a lot of cynicism associated, with even what, what Fox News puts out, even if it's you know it tends to be more favorable to some of our viewpoints anyway, uh, or uh, the ability to have hosts that are not you know full on lib right. retreads whatever. Uh, so, so being
3: a consumer of all news, I, I I'm looking at it as a potential positive, okay, um, just because. They, like I said, they, they, uh, they do a good job at be, at getting stuff and putting it out there, going through it and figuring out whether it's legit or not, or whether it's good or not, or whatever like that is, that's just what they do. And so I'm hoping that maybe, you know, if, if they move more towards the center and start being less biased and putting out more news reporting versus Mm -hmm. opinion, then maybe that might influence some of the others. To do the same thing because these guys are always trying to outdo each other right that's the yeah. job that's what you do you want to do better than the other network the competition so if you get one of the major ones that goes hey you know what i think we've jumped the shark a little bit here uh let's start pulling back a little bit and let's start doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing which is real journalism talking about the news being less mm-hmm. opinion is putting the facts out there then mm-hmm. you know what i think people might go wow look at that That's the way it used to be. And they might be more attracted to it. And then if they start doing that, then what's that going to do? That's going to take the Fox News and the MSNBC, and they're going to go, hey, that's what people want. Maybe we ought to be doing the same thing too. That's Mm. the way I'm looking at it.
0: All right.
3: Because, you know, we bitch about the the news all the time because of what they do. If they stop doing what it is we're complaining about, then you got to at least give them a little bit of credit, right? You
0: know, when they they interviewed Jonathan Emord, and it's not a hit piece. Then I'll, I might consider watching CNN again. Well,
3: that would be Newsmax, which oh. unfortunately they Newsmax. Look, they're pretty good. They mm-hmm. are. I don't know if you've, if you've watched Newsmax much, but no. you know they do a pretty good job. But they're still not a contender. You know, they're still not able to compete really on that level.
0: Yeah. So hey, I retweeted anyway. uh, the town hall town hall article by Jonathan E this before we went on the air. You know about Biden not having the moral authority to whatever and uh one of the retweeters awesome dude rob schneider he liked it are you
3: are you you got a man crush on
0: well you know look rob is a, a man of integrity he has stood up for health freedom despite the barbs thrown his way not being the typical leftist communist hollywood person and i appreciate him and his willingness to you know stand up and say you know what i like that message right And he's got a new film coming out. I'm just looking at his uh, tweet Daddy Daughter Trip coming to theaters September 30th, apparently. So, anyway, shout out to Rob Schneider. We appreciate you. We'd love to have you back on the show anytime as well. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. What else do we miss? I know we didn't get to all the stories today uh, with Jonathan. That's all right. That's okay. uh, but there's a that lot. That is okay. Out. Pat but,
3: has a question in the chat room. She's saying okay. she's asking, "Would orange guard work on a jellyfish sting?" Mm-hmm. She says it does on bad bug bites. Well,
0: isn't that interesting?
3: Didn't Jonathan Otto just talk about that you should pee on a jellyfish sting? So,
0: it, well, look, you don't have to. You've got other no? things. You could oh, put okay. silver gel on it. But yes, <laughs> uh, delimiting as an ingredient. I've heard that. Delimiting as an ingredient does does. A lot. In fact, if you remember, Bill Tufts with orange. TKO. He's no longer with us. He passed mm-hmm. away a couple of years back, but uh, he would use it on cuts and scrapes, the Orange Guard, the t- delimiting that he had Orange right. TKO. But, uh, so, hey, if it works, I want to hear about it. Let me know, Pat. That would be great. Love to hear all the different mm-hmm. ways you can use Orange Guard uh, and uh, keep sending those pictures in, by the way, with Orange Guard, and we'll enter you into a giveaway.
3: All right, so uh, I can found and i told mm-hmm. you this this is back in 2015 you yeah. went to uh, england yes for the uh alliance for natural health it was seven years ago then right it was seven yeah. years ago yeah alliance and, for uh, natural health uk that's right we did a uh, we did a bit you did not know i did this is this one of those times when i surprised you yes and uh you know we have our our phone number our uh 866 939 yeah it's, it's listed
0: and the queen could have found it that's true
3: she could have, and she. Uh, so it was. It was great because you and and Rob Verkirk, and Johan, mm-hmm. uh, were, UK were sitting Radio. there yeah. at the uh, table, and we started off the show, and this, this is what this is what played. Oh wait a minute, hold on. This is not what played.
0: Okay, you need a you minute. I... You need to talk while you're setting it up. No, it's because okay. I just have
3: to plug it in. All right. This this is what uh, played.
0: Okay. And now for something completely different.
2: To listen to new messages, press 1.
0: Received Saturday, March 28th at 1045
1: a.m. This is Queen Elizabeth calling for Robert Scott Bell. I was informed this morning by the Ministry of Mittwittery that you entered our country without having any knowledge of one of our most cherished national treasures, the Dave Clark Five. An offense of this magnitude would normally be dealt with swiftly and severely. However, after I was
0: informed by MI6 that you listened to Neil Diamond, it became clear that you would not know good music if it fell out of the sky and hit you on your head.
1: Therefore, I will allow you to finish your stay here. However, before you return again, I must insist that you write the lyrics to "Glad" all over one thousand times, and I would also like for you to bring me a shrubbery.
0: Thank you and good day. <laughs> that's that's I, I, we must have broke up laughing because I'm still laughing about that hearing it like it's. The you guys time.
3: were laughing. I, I, I succeeded at what that I was That was amazing. To do.
0: That was just absolutely amazing. And uh, still don't know who the Dave Clark Five is, so there you go. They'll never let me back in.
3: Shame, shame, shame.
0: No, that's not their song. What is the lyric that I was supposed to write down a thousand times, according to the Queen?
3: They did a song called Glad All Over. It was a was big song that they had back in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. Sing it. I, I, don't, I don't know the a, lyrics to it. All, first all thing, all I know who they it. are. Busted. I know who
0: they are. Oh, the Queen. I'm well aware of the who they are. Now. I just
3: don't know the lyrics. We'll get
0: King Chuck to call you now. King That's Chuck right. the third. King Chuckie. Charles the uh, third. Michael Bolden in the house, so to speak. Uh, I just got some more Orange TKO, even with, uh, you know, we, I just mentioned uh, Bill Tufts being gone. You think the product's still quality? Yeah. I mean, I got some. We ordered some a few months ago because we use it as a cleaning agent, the Orange TKO. We still we stopped using it. Uh, so I ordered it directly through Canada. Bolden, how did you order it? Did you order it from a site that, that had the actual stuff? Because the uh, only thing I'm over worried about, and this was true when Bill Tufts was alive, that there were people trying to knock off Orange TKO, the cleaning agent. So if it's the real stuff, it still rocks. And, uh, of course, the Orange Guard is still rocking uh, for uh, use as a pesticide, although we said the side benefit is it's also a cleaner. You can use it both ways. Uh, so let, let, let me know, uh, Michael, how did, how did you order that Orange TKO as well? Uh, I rec- uh that's right. Today's another busy day. I did a silver training for Canada. Uh I had some calls many calls to make and many more to make. I did the show and now I've got to do another show for tomorrow because it's a travel day I'm flying out to Sarasota uh because of the loss of a loved one, a friend, a mentor, Stephen Quinto, the man who made the technological breakthrough that resulted in Sovereign Silver and Argentin-23, and now Sovereign Copper and other mineral hydrosols to come. And um, he passed away within the last couple of weeks. And we talked about it on the air when we learned about it, too. So his memorial service is Saturday, the 10th of September. Mm -hmm. As is Jim Turner's. Jim Turner, a health freedom attorney, a great guy as well. I don't know how I can attend both. I would like to. But I'll be at Stephen Quinto's uh, memorial service with the family and love to the entire family. There you go. Um, Yeah, go ahead, put full screen on that so people can see. Steven was an amazing man uh, from July 8th, 1935 to August 18th, 2022. And um, we're going to have a memorial service on Saturday for him. 87. Founded the Eden Hope Project there in Vanuatu as well. And uh, did a lot in his life. Pretty amazing guy. To say that's an understatement. So we're sorry to see him go, of course. And uh, the love of his family and the, and the mission dedication to the integrity of that product is not, has not been diminished at all. It's only, only, only strengthened. So that's coming up. So we've got Dr. Ravi joining us in hour one tomorrow. Super Don, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to figure out an encore for the second hour of the show, if that's okay.
3: Yeah, that's fine. I can do that.
0: And then Sunday I do have a new interview with Morley Robbins, another angle on copper that we haven't discussed fully yet. And it's great. And then super Don will figure out what's the best of the week is the second hour of Sunday show. And I'll be heading back uh, to the studio. And then we've got a bunch of upcoming events, of course, Uh, that are occurring some starting September October is loaded we even have some in November and folks if you need an excuse to come to Salt Lake City the Red Pill Expo uh, November 12th and 13th I believe it will be a Saturday Sunday in Salt Lake City at the Salt Palace Convention Center and that's in November so you can already plan for that it's shoulder season it's before Thanksgiving so you can still make it the 12th and 13th uh, the Red Pill Expo and i'll be emceeing and speaking at that event too so that's another bonus that we didn't know was going to happen we thought about it, it might and it is happening so i look forward to seeing seeing that so we can all right it. i don't know who we can hear. anyway what else we got to talk about anything else before we wrap it up here today a little early because i got a recording session coming up no
3: well, i think that's it so uh tomorrow um dr robbie cool and then I'll I'll pick out a I'll pick out a good encore from sometime in the past.
0: Okay, I know you will. You you do. And, you pick out um, some good ones.
3: Yeah, appreciate you guys hanging out with us.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I um, appreciate all y'all being here, and thank you for that funny reminder. Hopefully, it's not too soon for anybody listening from the UK to hear the Queen calling me up in 2017, <laughs> <laughs> leaving me a nasty message and dissing on Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond danced with. Uh, Lady Di, remember Princess Diana? Mm-hmm. The Queen did not like Lady Di. That's nope. the one thing I can strike against uh, the Queen. But she's gone. It's gonna be now really
3: weird talking about the King of England moving the forward, king, right? Huh? Isn't that weird? Yeah. The King of England. So, that,
0: what's the new song? Because uh, the one you played is like "God Save the Queen." Is there one that's "God Save the King"? Or is it the same version with a little more masculine beat? I don't know what happens there. I
3: don't know. I have no idea. I, really? I'm, not, I'm not well versed in uh, in these things. So All right. I guess we'll find out. Maybe we should have somebody on from the UK to talk about it.
0: I wouldn't mind that either. We used to have a UK correspondent too. We
3: did. Maybe I'll reach out to her and see if she's...
0: Didn't she garden naked? Wasn't that the controversy? We it was
3: because they do have a naked gardening day and, and uh, that was a thing in the UK.
0: I remember talking was... to
3: her about that. She was kind of excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I can't remember who that was. Can you?
0: Oh, the name eludes me. I am sorry. Yeah,
3: I will. I will have to dig that and see if she's around because it's been like a couple years at least mm-hmm. since we've had her on. So,
0: well, the thing we didn't get to cover, and we'll have to visit it again as soon as we know more. There's a lot coming out about the collusion between government and social media networks on yeah. censorship. You know, they've denied, oh, we're, we're not censoring. These are private organizations doing it. But uh, judge gave Fauci 21 days to turn over emails with social media giants. Um, there's, uh, let's see, they're trying to suppress information through more censorship by the government. Newly released emails show coordination between social media companies and the Biden administration on COVID stuff. So, folks, it's clear that they have been manipulating the media and coercing. And the colluding. thing is, we knew
3: this. It was yeah. so obvious when it, it was, was happening. Now we just it's coming prove out. It. Yeah. yeah,
0: now it's coming out. So yeah. that's something we'll follow up on. Anyway, y'all uh, enjoy tomorrow's show with Doctor Robbie Kulasekara. I'll be putting that together momentarily, and Sunday show is going to be amazing. Sign up for email, uh, at, you know the the newsletter. Text RSB to two two eight two eight and uh, support those uh, sponsors of ours that make this that make this show go. As well as if you want to be direct, be a patron supporter. We have our next AMA scheduled for a Wednesday evening, I think. Yep, in September. We do later in the month. What is the date on that? It's going to be the 28th twenty okay. eighth of September, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. So hope to see you there for that one, too. All right, y'all. Catch up right, tomorrow. God willing, thank you for being here. I got nothing else for the moment. I got to save my voice. I got a lot more talking to do today.
3: All right. You guys have, have a good uh, uh, weekend, and we'll see you again live in studio on Monday.
0: Play some Mickey-friendly music.